We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. Seriously, seriously, just want to say thank you for joining me here on Twisting Your Wind. I'm Hey, you're really great. You're doing a great job at who you are. You're just the man and lady we wanted you to be this entire time. You're exactly what we're looking for. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. I'm Johnny Pemberton, and this is an audio podcast featuring all sorts of different ideas and sort of like just blasts, just just general blasts and stuff. I have so much high quality goods for you today. It's just absurd, like the amount that. I'm, so this why why is he doing? There we go. We're gonna get better there. Yeah, um, Jacobs Jacobs here. He's fucking around with the knobs, and it's just really disconcerting. There we are. Uh, so much high quality audio product for you today. It's just. F- Blunderbuss is what it is. It's a straight up blunderbuss of information exchange overlord. Over overlord? I meant over overload. 
overload, not an overlord. You, if you are in a situation where you're overloaded with overlords, either playing StarCraft II, um, which, you know, the, having an overload of overlords really has never been a problem for anyone, but, except if we're talking about like a different time period here, in which case an overlord is a real thing you're dealing with, and it's not a fictitious thing. I feel bad for you, and I think this will help you out. So thank you so much for listening to begin with. Thank you for joining me. If you're joining me for the first time, I can smell you. You smell great. Thanks for being here and really, really uh, sprucing up the place, you know. Also, thanks all of you who have uh, donated. Thanks all of you super great, super much who have reviewed the podcast on the iTunes, uh, iTunes special engine for making things grow. Also, thank you so much for people who've written little reviews and stuff. That's part of the same thing. And if you want to get a hold of me, it's twistingthewind at gmail.com. That's twistingthewind at gmail.com. Twistingthewind.com, right? Twistingthewind.com. 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 So you want to send me a suggestion for a guest or just some music or you want to send me some musical suggestions or you want to send out some positive vibes, whatever you got, whatever you got, I'll take it, I'll suck it in and digitize it into my face because I've got such a, like I said, a true, true hot stepping blunderbuss of an episode here for you. I'm not going to twist my wind in your wind zone right now because I want to get to the phones here, okay? Jack, can we take him to the phones here, please? We're going to step on into the phone zone, yo-ho-ho-ho-ho zone here, and we're going to hit up a guy, a.k.a. Jim Jack Santa Claus, a.k.a. Mr. Makem Brown, a.k.a. Touchdown City, a.k.a. Friend of yours, friend of mine, Check out this pickle, taste the brine. Oh, we have a really good guest today. Seriously, um, the guest is amazing. He's a guy who's done so much cool shit. His name is... Should I say it? Should I say it? Should I say it now or should I wait to say it? I, I can say it now. I don't... Well, look, here's the deal, Johnny. I know that for this episode, you don't have the the guest introduced in the call, so maybe you wanted me to introduce it. I don't know. Just shooting from the hip here, you know, so to speak. Like a reference to shooting a gun, not aiming it. Yeah, that's what I meant. So if you want me to introduce the guest right now, I can do that. But uh, you want me to? Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of Twisting the Wind fame, today's guest is Jake Fogelnest. He's online. He's on Twitter. He's on radio. And you'll get to know him Thank you for calling. Hey, Steve, could I have your last name and your zip code so I can pull up your order? Yep, last name is Tipcorn. Zip code is 900. I just made a call, but I, they said I had to call back because he was about to head, he had to go. He had to head out, um, but I had some questions about the product before I continued. Okay, be before you before you ordered it. Yeah. Okay, I, what's your question? Well, I just only caught a glimpse of it on TV. I just saw like the last 
maybe 10 seconds of it, and I'm just trying to get a better understanding of what it was. So these are like right. special glasses. that You can adjust the prescription on them to be whatever you want, so you don't have to ever get new glasses. Is that the idea? No, no. This is for you to go outside if you want to try to see birds in a tree. Okay. If you want to go to a, a game where you can zoom in, see people at the game so you're not so far away. It, it, it's not for, quote, reading glasses. Okay. Well, I don't do any reading. I just do more like looking for birds and lizards and stuff and uh, driving, okay. you know. Like I, what I was no, looking no. for is something I no, can wear you, while I'm driving and I can look no. for birds. Nope. You can't use these while you're driving. You, you got to remember when, when oh. you look into these things, right? everything's going to be magnified to you. Okay. As it comes closer to you, it's going to totally blur up. Okay, so wouldn't that be good then? Because you can see stuff from far away and you can break in ahead of time? No, no, no. It's, it's going to be totally blurry. Think of it this way. Mm-hmm. If you if you're have regular binoculars on okay. and, and, and if you're going like 30 miles an hour, you're catching up to that thing right away, the stuff that's close to you, you can't see. Well, but you will, well, you will have seen it before you got to where it was where it is when you get I know, but, but I know, but when you, blur, when you break... Right. You, you're going to break too early or way too late. Well, it's better to break too early, isn't it? That's what they say. Uh, don't be oh, sorry. Know, but, uh, yeah. be, be ready. I, uh, I know, but think of the people behind you. You're oh. you're going along. You you break. They don't see anything in front of you. They're going to smack you in the rear. Oh well. Oh, is that, I don't know how, who drives like that. Because you can't see around a car. Oh, I mean, so I no. I always look behind the car ahead of me. Oh, so if so, you, so, so if a person's so, breaking and they and so if you're driving behind somebody and that person in front of you breaks but you don't see what they're breaking for, you just hit them. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Oh, that's why that's why you never drive close. But I always look behind the car in front of me. And so, well, what happens when you rear end them when then when they when they break I, or something? I never, I never have. I never oh, have. Oh, but it, you, given the circumstance, you would choose to rear end them because you'd be like, "Why are they stopping? I'm going to show them what for, why not to stop." Is it like that? Right. Well, yeah. Correct. But but you don't wear these driving. You okay. do not. What about video games? Video games. You could, right? Uh, it would make it look like, a, like have a giant TV or something, right? You could play well, you, well, far you, away. Peop, people have he, here used these mm-hmm. glasses while working here on the computer screen. That's cool. So I, so, so I, I suppose you can use them via a video game. That's a great idea. Yeah. Do you Where, where are you all working at? We're in Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. I've been there once. It's really pretty there. It's probably mm-hmm. pretty hot there right now, isn't it? Uh, it's in the 80s, 90s, yeah. 80s, 90s. Well, I would say it's pretty hot. You know, I don't know. Do you consider that hot or do you say that's not hot? No, that's not hot. What do you consider hot? Are you from, like, the desert? Uh, nope. Uh, hot is in the high 90s, 100s. Oh, wow. Okay. So what do you consider this to be? Just, like, like fun or, like, warm It's warm? not hot. It's not, it's not hot. It's double warm. How about double warm? No, double warm is just over 100. That's it. Oh, so what would you consider this temperature to be then? Because I'm in the same temperature strata that you just mentioned. I'm in that, and I could say it's hot, but I don't know. Maybe I should not use that word. I should say something else. Where are you at? at, at in Arizona? Well, we're near there, yep. Yeah, no, it, that's not hot. That's dry heat. That's totally different. Okay. What, what do you mean? I don't understand. Dry heat is totally different than regular hot and humid. How so? Hot, hot and humid, you will die. If you were to go to a hot and humid, you would think it's about 130. 
130. Oh yeah, easy. That's like a so, that's like uh, a miniature oven or something. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, so, I didn't uh, know yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you ever go down to, if you go down to where water is totally around you. Okay, like, you an island, like, heat, a, like an island. Correct. And, okay. And it, it gets to be hot. Uh huh. You will you will die because it's it's so hot and humid. Where you guys are, you don't have that much humidity. I have a question. Couldn't you just get in that water and cool down? Well, you you can, but but you do. But a lot of people who are not used to it die. Because they, they don't know how to swim, or because they just don't no, know no, they can no, get in the they, water. They just don't know how to cool off. A lot of people don't like the water. Like they're like dogs or something. Because dogs do that. Well, dogs can't get in the water because they don't know it's water. They just think it's for drinking, and then they try to drink Correct. it all, and then they just die. Yeah, yeah, but all well, all dogs know how to swim because they dog paddle. Oh, I didn't, are you serious? Wait, wait, say that again. Oh, yeah. All, all dogs know how to swim because they dog paddle. What does that, that mean? They have like a special like motor or something in them? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. If you watch a dog go in the water, okay. they start moving their feet all the time. It's called dog paddle. That's why they tell tell you when you learn how to swim, dog paddle. Okay. It, it, that's where that comes from. So you just dog paddle. So so the best thing to do on a hot day is to get down by that water where it's super hot and get in and dog paddle. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me it's 130 degrees there. No, wow. no, it can it, it can be. It can be. In, well, you know, or it feels um, like it. It feels like well, 130. No, no. Well, when it gets to be 100 near water, uh huh. You know, you know, near 100, it's going to be hot and, and humid. Uh-huh. You're because you're from Arizona. You're going to think it's much hotter. Oh yeah. And it's not because it's now humid and humid adds. You know, because like got to be humid up here. Water. Temperature was like 91. Humidity with the humidity was up to a ninety-nine percent. Oh, that's all, that's like temperature. that's like a rain in the air. Correct. Yep. So basically, okay. surrounded by air. So this is what I don't understand. Okay, humidity is ninety-nine percent. It's mm-hmm. ninety degrees. Makes it feel like it's one hundred and thirty because the water's around you. But how come then when you get into water like a pool, which is a thousand percent water, right? Can we agree on that? Thousand mm-hmm. percent water. How come that? cools you down is it because it's so much water because no it's just it just because the water is on your skin it doesn't really cool you down it's it's cooling the outside of your skin what about a convection oven do you know about that no don't know anything about that okay i heard a convection oven on the news they said when it does uh instead of raining if it does wind which wind is like rain but it's not water it's just like air when it does that from above, because there's these hot clouds up there that they have, mm-hmm. we have these hot clouds. They come over, and you think it's going to be a lot cooler because the sun is going hiding, but actually it's a hot cloud, and it does a a does a, a a wind from the top, and it does a they call it a convection oven because what it does is it blows heat like um like a hair dryer, like it's been plugged mm-hmm. in, like a plugged in hair dryer, and that will because if you do laundry, laundry, you don't have have to use the dryer. dryer. Right. Yeah. So what you're saying is you guys out there, you can't hang your clothes up. Oh, no, you can. You can. That will dry. That's totally different. Well, you said it's 99%. Yeah. What about if it's 1,000? Okay. You you, you can put it outside. The heat from the sun is going to dry dry your clothes. What about if it's like uh, like 900% humidity? It, it it doesn't matter. It's just going to be more damp on your clothes. It's not going to be super dry. Oh. It's going to take longer to dry it. 
That's what, all it's going to be. What's the highest percent you can get before it's it's wet? 100%. 100% is total rain. Oh, no, 1,000% oh, no, is. No, 100%. Well. You can't go 1,000%. Well, you can, yes, you can, because that, that's the number, percentage it is. That's the highest number, 1,000. No, no, no. You you can't go over 100. percent Go go ahead and watch all the on the, all the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it goes up to 100. percent It's pure rain. You know when they go ahead and say it's 80 percent chance of rain, they'll never go above 100. percent I swear I saw once they said 500 uh, percent chance of rain, and it was yeah, and it was yeah. and it definitely rained the next day very hard. I think yeah. that's probably you know I think that's probably a thing that's different where I live and where you live because the here the rain is different more doesn't happen as much so when it does happen they say hey look you really got to look out for the rain it's going to be a 500% rain not just an 80% because people around here are like they don't believe it because people here are stupid so they don't get it mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's okay. interesting well well then how come those glasses how come the zoomers they um they say like magnifies 300% 300% what you can see with the naked eye. So 300%, so that's a that's a percent that I thought it can't go over 100, though. No, that's different. Okay, that's, I don't understand. That, that is, uh, if you can see good at uh, 40 feet, uh, you know, 40 yards, right. 300%, 300% in is you, you that much closer to you. So it's like that's being on a is. horse. It's like if you rode on a horse toward the item that you're looking at but didn't ride on Correct. it. Correct. Okay. So is it? Does it have like a stabilizer? So if you're on a horse, you can still look no, at it. No, it does not. No stabilizer. Okay. Because no. I would want to. I would, would want to use them with a horse because that's the best way to get toward birds. Because the horses don't scare birds like a car does. Correct. Same with lizards. Lizards don't mind horses. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't. For some reason, lizards are not bothered by horses. Um, but they are bothered by dogs. I try to do, I have a v- very large dog. It's a double St. Bernard. It's like a St. Bernard, but it's brewed, brewed in Russia. And it's very large and you can ride it. You know, it doesn't like to be ridden, but you can ride it. And it will, um, allow you to get super close to the lizards to take their pictures. But you, you think so, but it, it scares them away. So I got a horse instead. And the horses just don't, I think the horses and the lizards are friends because they're both, um, of the same the same family or something, so they don't scare them. And th- so I will be riding the horse toward the lizards and the birds, and that's why I need a shock absorber. But those don't have them, huh? Nope. So they t- do not have them. Okay, nope. but you could mount anything onto there, right? Like once I get them, I can do whatever I want to them. Correct. So you can't drive with them, but you can ride a horse, no problem. Correct. Okay, right. Is that because the horses, they are more friendly and stuff, like toward a lizard? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's just they don't spook. That's all it is. Oh, it's a spook. Right, okay. Yeah, because, like you were saying, if you, because a horse, if you're going to stop early because you've got your, your zoomies, you can see far, you see that lizard far ahead or maybe a spider, and you stop, the person behind you on a horse will, their horse knows that you stopped, and you don't, they don't have to hit the brakes, right? Correct. Yeah. See, that's what, I think I'm going to try this out now when I do the car drive, is when I, someone ahead of me brakes for no reason, and I don't see anything. I don't see, like, a wall or a stop sign or, like, a person or, like, a child. I'm just going to keep, just hit, give them a little tap, because that way mm-hmm. you can collect insurance because they, they are at fault for stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
I, okay. I, I have a friend who did that actually, who um made uh, he's made all of his money doing that just by what he does. He drives around real fast, and he just if somebody does a, a, the wrong uh, move in traffic, he just lets them know. He teaches them. You know, you have sometimes you have to teach people the hard way, and that's just you have to hit them. Yep. And but that's okay. you know cars are made for that, so we all know which way we're going to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay, and the, so is that a, is that a thousand percent thing that will work out? Correct. Okay, because that, so that's a thousand percent always. Okay. Okay, great. Um, Have a good one. Okay, you too. Uh, make sure you uh, when you find when you follow up on that, be sure to look out and let me know if there's a lizard you see any sizes of the one I was mentioning. Yeah. Great. Okay. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. And just let me know there if it ever reoccurs there. Okay. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to try to figure out this this trip because I think if I get them to go on the trip, then I can see how far we're going to be there for. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Is that something that I would want to get an extra one for, or what do you think? No, it's a buy one, get one free offer. Okay, so if I, I could, is it possible to double them up to wear them to stack them? No, there you is can't. not. Well, is that because, why is that? Because it just fits on the side of your head. You can't double it. But I could I could put it on there on the front. No, it, it won't fit because you got to push them out further. They won't go. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a telescope. Is it's it? uh, similar, but, but it's it just like a pair of glasses. You can't put two on because the glasses get in the way of each other. Oh, I, I've put two glasses on before. You just put them on, on top of the one that's underneath the other one. Mm. You know, okay. like, you ever had double done double sunglasses? Or sometimes, say, my uncle has prescription uh, glasses, but he also wears sunglasses, and he'll put his sunglasses on over the prescriptors, and then he just does it. And, you know, he goes hunting, he drives that way, he'll fish. So I'm, I'm going to do that, too, but when I'm on vacation. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Um, thanks for telling me all that about weather. Okay. Great. Are you gonna, that. Are you going to figure out what you, what to call the weather? Because you said you're just not hot. Uh, yeah, just go online and search it on Google. What should I search? Just go to Google and search weather. Okay, now I'm going to search what do you call it when it's what temperature do you say it is? When it when it gets up above... Uh, when it gets... Uh, Humidity is up above, above 70%. 70%. Then what I type in then after that? Just see what it pulls up with that. Just type in see what it pulls up after that? Correct. Okay, when it gets up above 70%, see what it pull, hold on, pulls up after that. I did it. It said, it said rate shock. In California, Obamacare to increase individual health. I am Boise, spokesman.com, um, U.S. and News World. Uh, Philadelphia has a descent of 500 feet above the ground. Uh, yep. Kevin Slavin, how algorithms shape our world. Here's one. Um, journalist has fallen 10%. I don't see anything about weather here. Yeah. What else should I put? You're st- the first thing you told me was that 
It's not hot out. You said it's not hot, even though it's almost it's in the 90s. But you didn't say right. it's not double warm. What would you call it then? To That's me, what it's I'm trying not to hot, figure though. out. What was that? To me, it's not hot. Oh, okay. But what would you call it then? You just say not hot? No, just warm. Just warm. Okay. How much cooler does it have to get to be not warm? Down to 20 degrees. 20 degrees? Wow. Mm -hmm. So you mean 20 degrees all the way up to 80 degrees is warm? Just warm. Yep. What do you call it when it's below 20? Cool. Cool. Tw 20 to what is cool? 20 to a minus 10. Minus 10 is cool. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Then what do you call it below minus 10? Then it gets cold. Okay, then how, how much further does it get before it gets something else besides cold? No, you can't get below cold. It just gets cold. You can't get below cold? Nope. Oh, man, I didn't know that. I thought you could. What about coldest? Nope. Oh, there's because no... It's, it, no, no, coldest is just an, an adjective. Okay. So it's just an adjective. So basically cold is as cold can be. Negative Correct. 10 all the way down to to the point in which uh, matter stops moving because it is zero degrees, huh? Correct. So zero degrees is the coldest it gets, right? Nope. Well, what's the coldest it gets? Mm, minus 50, minus 60. So it never gets colder than that, ever? No. Wow. Uh, well, it, uh, nothing has been registered, no. So and the wow, so the history of the world it's never gotten colder than sixty degrees below the zero. Nothing nothing that has been registered. Okay, nothing been registered. So you think maybe like when dinosaurs were here it got really cold, like negative. Well that's what every, that's what everybody froze with. Yeah. They did? They all froze? Yeah. yeah. Well that think of a think of a glacier, yeah. What's that? That's moving like a, ice. Oh, it's moving ice. How how does that work? Because ice is hard. It's yeah. like I got. So, I so, got to get going. Oh, where are you gonna go? I got other calls. I got to take. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, I can talk with them, or I can wait if you want to. Okay. What do you think we should do? Got to hang up. Okay. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Oh my God! We're already starting. Enter. Hey, Jake. It's nice hey, to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah. This is it. We're actually recording right now. It's okay. already started. All right. It's that fast. It's that fast. Yeah. All I right. want to make it a thing where, it, you know, it, the beginning began when the recording began. I like that. Which basically we did that. We've basically achieved it now. It's this thing, you know, <laughs> everybody has to, they feel like they got to be like, hey, welcome. Let me set this up right. and uh, properly like it. But like, no, everybody, no. people understand that people just have conversations and they get recorded. It. And sometimes those conversations don't get recorded, which is a tragedy. Yeah. No, I, I, everything should be recorded all the time. Thank you for adjusting the mic because I am that short. <laughs> This is a lovely studio. Yeah, this is actually our first time in here. So this is the Virgin Run. I feel like we should. That's uh, Dustin. Yeah, hey, boards. Dustin, what's up? Dustin. I feel like we should cut vocals for something. Yeah, we could. We could do we could remaster something really cool, or we yeah. could um, we could ruin a classic album by 
revoicing it. I would love it. Um, we could, uh, you can go your own way. <laughs> I would not be good. Just in destroy Mac. some Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah, that's way bad. What's up, Jake Vogelness? Yes. Yeah. So I had to say your name before. Yeah. I'll probably be telling people your name before you hear your talk. But yeah, now, yeah. So this is the thing that no one knows is we've never met before. No, we've never this met. This is it, the first time we've met. I'm familiar with your work. I'm familiar with yours. And and uh, we follow each other on Twitter. Right, and that's how we became friends. Pals, yeah. Quote, friends. Yeah. But, uh, but no, we've never met. I don't no. know why we haven't met before. I don't know. It's one of those things where I think that's kind of amazing. I'm trying to do a whole series now on the podcast where I, I meet people I haven't met that I should have met. Yeah. Or people I think other people should have met, but they haven't met, or maybe they'll never meet. Right. But I think it would be great for you to be wishing you could have met this person. I, I think it's great. I, I, what I like, you know what I'd like to meet is John Favreau. I want to go uh, meet with him and just have some dinner. Like, you know dinner. what I mean? Like a huge dinner? Like a huge dinner and they should film it. Like, And I'm thinking it's be like five people. Me, John Favreau, and like three other people. Well, like, Who will be the three others though? Like eating handlers? Yeah, just, yeah, just just his servants. Yeah, his people and like Brett his, Ratner. I just Brett think that'd be fun. They both have marinara guys. <laughs> they have a guy who travels around with them and like, oh no, this is the marinara guy. Marinara guys. That just, yeah, they yeah. Just, they just uh, they they make marinara, but they also go to restaurants like before uh, Favreau and Brett Ratner go out to like a, a dinner, a three hour dinner. They got to have it pre cleared. They get a guy to go over into the kitchen. He's just like, now you understand that uh, John Favreau and Brett Ratner are coming in here, and uh, I just need to taste your sauce. Let me taste that man there. Yeah. They taste it. He's like, yeah, this is not oh. acceptable. Did you put carrots in this? That's very good, well, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very good. good. You thought I was going to be hostile about it, <laughs> but it's a, actually, that's a little, a little secret ingredient. It's what we call uh, twist of the hat. <laughs> marinara guys. Marinara guys. Yeah, that, that would be good to have in here, I guess, to have like a, an ultimate death feast. Somebody on Twitter uh, just earlier today just, just tweeted me the dumbest question. They're like, hey, you're a Hollywood insider. Do you know who owns the uh, the, the film rights to uh, Cruising with Ruben and the Jets? Oh, yeah, of course. And Hold I just responded, Brett Ratner. <laughs> He probably does. He doesn't I, know he owned it. He bought it in like a blind lot. Yeah, he bought a lot he of bid uh, on everything, and they it came with that. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Cruising with the Jets. The Cruising with Ruben and the Jets was a Frank Zappa record. Oh, where he they, where it was like Frank Zappa's alter ego, but they were like a doo-wop God. band. I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. And I don't even I, know about that. Yeah, I like so I like much. Zappa too. Like some people are anti-Zappa. I don't understand that at all. That's like sort of being anti like clean water or like being <laughs> anti children having well, fun. Zappa was very hostile to his audience. And he was, but I feel like he was hostile because he knew they could take it, you know? Yeah. He loved to fuck with them because it was like but, such a weirdo. But then there was like some Zappa that I, I can't like. I'm not listening to jazz from hell, where it's just Frank Zappa putting things yeah. in a synthesizer. Like there's there, there's, there's cert- so much. Yeah, there there really is. Uh, but I I don't know something happened. I talk about this on uh, on my show recently. Mm. Like something happened where the I focalness tur- the focalness fails. Yes, plug. Uh, something. They, it, it is. It was plug. It was organic. No, it was okay. organic. Uh, but I, but something happened. I turned thirty and I was like, oh, right. now I'm a Zappa guy. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Like, I always appreciated Zappa yeah. when I was younger, like in the, uh, you know, the Dr. Demento stuff. But yeah. then something happened when I turned 30 and I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm on board with this. And I don't feel bad about it at all. I don't, I neither, neither do I. I've definitely got into it a lot more as I've got older, but I was listening to like Hot Rats yeah. and like Weasels and stuff back in the day. And that stuff was mind blowing because it's like the first time you heard something that sounded like that, like, oh, this is not new. This is old as shit. Yeah. And it's so. Yeah, it's so like crusty and um, so hard, hard driven. I went and saw Two Hundred Motels a couple of years ago mm-hmm. on the big screen, and um, 
that to me is just really fun. Like, yeah. like, uh, and I love, I, I love the turtles and all the Flo and Eddie stuff too. So it's just like, you got Frank Zappa and all those weirdos. And then like the GTOs, like all those groupies and they're right. like, we're making a movie in England in 10 <laughs> days on videotape in 1968 or 69. It's yeah, like, so. yeah, it's just what they did one for like a month. And it, it's crazy. It's like a good version of the Harry Nilsson, Dracula movie, which is unfortunately unwatchable. Yeah, it's terrible. It's 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 un it's so bad, and it's like you would think that this is. Good. I don't know why you would think that it would be great. Actually, it, on paper, it sounds bad. Yeah, Fringo Starr and Harry Nilsson. It's like one joke. Yeah, and he's, I'm I'm Dracula's son, mm-hmm. and 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 they had the. It, it's just. It looks like a whole. Pro- it's one of those great projects fueled by cocaine. Yeah, and sometimes those work out great. Right, and sometimes they're a disaster. And that one's like, I've only seen it recently. Somebody put it up on YouTube. Now it's down again. Oh, I've only seen clips of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. But it's something where I, everything I've heard about it, I've heard it's so terrible. Yeah, even people who like are Nilsson fanatics. I am a Nilsson every- fanatic. Yeah. Me too. This is, I, this is the Nilsson fan show. Oh God, I would do that in two seconds. That'll be great. It will be fun. We're talking about Harry Nilsson. Uh, Singer songwriter, singer songwriter Harry Nelson. A lot of people, you know, people call Billy Preston the fifth Beatle, but you know what? Harry Nelson no, was Nilsen. also the fifth Beatle. He was the real fifth Beatle. It is kind of crazy that yeah. all the that all the Beatle, that was it. Derek Taylor bought a bu- He heard, you know, his first record on the radio, and then bought a bunch of copies, and then all the Beatles called him like, "Hey, it's George. I'm just listening. It's great." And I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that like like, like he had one weekend where, like, I guess Derek Taylor like heard. Um, the first Nilsson record on right, the radio. Uh, Harry? That's not Harry. Not no. Harry. It's the it's the Pandemonium Shadow oh, Show. Ariel Pandemonium Shadow. No, sh- Pandemonium Shadow Show. Yeah. He yeah. heard that and he was just like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And he bought a bunch of copies and he gave them to each of the Beatles and then like they, they all out. called him. It's like, hey, it's Paul. Hey, it's John. He kept, his phone kept ringing all weekend, like really early in the morning. He gets a call like, hey, it's John Lennon. He's like, yeah, very funny. And then they ju- and then they became every you know yeah, he became best, so closely associated with the Beatles and like yeah Nilsson uh, but not a not a great filmmaker no not a great filmmaker not a good a lot of things great partier really good partier really good, like, like good partying in the sense where he could teach a community ed class on how to properly yeah. stock a bar at a transient location yeah and just like every and just like. There's that great Nilsson documentary which came out a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and it's it's so great to see all you know like, you know Mickey Dolan's talking about like it, Nilsson would show up, and like mm-hmm. I knew, uh oh, I don't know what the next forty eight hours of my right. life is going to be like. I mean, it's tra- it's tragic in a way, just because he was so he was so gifted and so talented, right. but like, and then and but he could he was not long for this world, and always knew that. But he kind of was long for this world. If you think about how hard he partied and when he died, that is know? true. Yeah, he did hang on a lot longer than than the two just people about that died else. in his house, right? You know, which is Mama Cass and uh, Keith Moon. Keith Moon and yeah, both died in his London apartment. Yeah, so I guess, I guess if that's the circle that right. you're running in, he he lasted into the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just even at the end of his life, just like the stories about him taking friends out in his car and just listening to his music and just being like, "Man, I'm, I'm you know." Oh, I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, no. There's, it's he would go out they driving that from the documentary. I he think. would go out driving with friends, and they would listen to his records, and he would, and that was sort of him saying goodbye to each of his friends. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's, like he he knew he knew, um, but fucking, yeah. I love him. 
Yeah, the best. I remember when I first discovered him, I was like, this guy's amazing because he's, he's the first person I heard who was like basically fucking around with the idea of recording. Like he's, yeah. He's making a recording at the same time he's also being like, this is so ridiculous that I'm making a recording right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, even no just the way, the way that like, you know, he... You know, he does Nielsen Schmelson, Nielsen Schmelson with uh, with Richard Perry, right? Who I met at the premiere of the uh, at the uh, documentary I f- premiere. I feel like I've seen a photo of you with Richard Perry, and I knew that. Is really? That, yeah. Is that if someone took a picture, it wasn't me. Really? Okay. But wait. I wish I would. Love what was to think. he like? Like he was, you know, uh, very droll, very just like. I wish Harry hadn't done what he did. We yeah, we're gonna make several more great records. That's the thing because, like, he, mm-hmm. they do Nelson Schmelson, which is like a masterpiece. Yeah. And then Harry was just the kind of guys like, all right, next, I'm done. I'm done. They try to work together on on the next record, yeah. Son of Schmelson, and then it's like, you know, the single that he picks is, you know, you're breaking my heart. It's got the F word in it. You can't yeah. play that on the radio after <laughs> after without you, like his you're biggest hit. Yeah. It's it's um, but that was Harry, like that was Harry Nelson. Totally. Why have we not met before? It's really weird. Exactly. This is how it works. Yeah. See, this is why the this is why this is preordained. But why even I like to... like we haven't run into each no, other. No, not anymore. at all. Not once. Not at once. Actually, I was at a TV show premiere event, mm-hmm. and I saw someone at a bar, and I was like, "Oh, Jake." Right. And it wasn't you. Was <laughs> this was like last else. week or no? This was about like a few months ago. Huh. It was because uh, I try to make all TV show premiere yeah. events. <laughs> I mean, this is I go to one a year probably. Yeah, me too. And this was uh, I think it was I can't think who it was. I think it was someone who works for Conan, Andy something. Hmm. For some reason, I thought it was you. Yeah, he has glasses. I don't know. But I did. I said that I was like, oh, we're friends on Twitter. Uh, Jake, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, I'm I'm not Jake, but uh, I'm uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, you know, so I like it. Yeah. I like it. I was uh, I'm been invested. No, yeah, it's just it's yeah. This is uh yeah it's nice to be, it's nice to meet you. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Do you uh, do you harbor any uh love of Bob Dylan at all? I do. Because uh, I that's the thing with me is I really don't like him and I feel like I, whenever whenever I bring up Nilsson to someone I'm like oh he's the greatest American singer songwriter people are like what about Bob Dylan? Oh I, I'm no, with you. Nilsson's I I better. think I am more of a Nilsson guy than a yeah. Dylan guy for sure. Right. Uh, I do like Dylan. I have a you know a, a huge appreciation. He's Bob Dylan. You know yeah. what I mean? But I listen to a lot more Nilsson records than I listen to Dylan records. They're more listenable. Uh, yeah, they are. It's more like uh, it's more fun. It's more fun. Yeah. I just connect to it more than than Dylan and kind of always have. And it's always like. It's like I was. I love the Stones, but I'm more of a Beatles person. Yeah, me too. You I know? actually kind of fucking hate the Stones. The, the, I, mean, I don't hate them, but I just want to be like, if I never hear a Stone song or hear about the Rolling Stones for the rest of my life, I'll be so happy. There's something about it that's like, you know, they're like, oh, they're the bad Beatles. And it's like, no, they're not. They're no. just kind of the asshole they Beatles. They just have dirty underwear on. Yeah, they're just ass. They're just kind of, the Stones are just kind of dicks. Yeah. Like, not that the, Be- the Beatles could be dicks too, yeah. but like... I don't know. I, I just think that uh, I don't know. I just you just you either connect more with the Stones or the Beatles. It was always the Beatles for me. Yep. Those and fucking I, bands. We we figured it out. That's it. The, those <laughs> bands are done. Uh, no more. Thank you. Thank you. We're finished. Um, well, no more marinara, please. I didn't do. Uh, yeah, I didn't go see the Stones, but uh, I've never yeah. seen them. Yeah, I don't think I, remember, I, I don't think I've seen them. I went and saw Fleetwood Mac though a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I wish I had seen that. Where was it? That was insane. That was at the Staples Center. Oh wow, that's a big venue. It's not like a Hollywood Bowl type. Thing. No, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw them at the Staples Center. But this was a crazy thing. This has never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decide the day of, like, oh, Fleetwood Mac are playing. I, I'd right. like to go to that. Let me go on 
StubHub and see what kind of ticket. Right? I, I set a budget. I'm like, I can spend this much money on a ticket. Mm-hmm. And I went on StubHub and like all that was available was literally like the last row right. in the very back. And I'm like, no, screw that. I'm not. I How can't. much was the last row? The, the, the on StubHub they were like it was like 150 bucks. Yeah, that's too much. I was like, that's too much. So then I went on Ticketmaster, <laughs> and I go on Ticketmaster and I click and it gives me. What looks like good seats on right. the side on the on the lower level, right. and I go, that's going to be decent. Okay, I'll get that. What I didn't realize until I got into the Staples Center is that I I had bought a ticket in the fourth row, the fourth row on the side. So okay. it's like I could see there, there's the front row. You can't get any closer. There's the front row. You can see then, like Lindsey Buckingham's like asthma I, medication. Yeah, literally. He's the best guitar player in the world. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. Like, yeah, he's fucking ripping. It's crazy. No um, effects, just... Yeah, just, that was the greatest tone. thing about them too is that they came out on stage and they don't have any... It's, it's the Staples Center. You you see a spectacle there. You go see right. Beyonce and there was no Beyonce pyrotechnics or anything. It was just the, uh, Fleetwood Mac and some instruments. Right. And because they're that good, yeah. they don't need anything. They're just—it's uh, like a studio musician, band of studio musicians that has a name, exactly. As opposed to just being like Charlie Daxton. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Ben Kranz. You're not seeing Jim Kelt- the Jim Keltner show <laughs> at the Staples Center. But like it was—I couldn't believe that I had gotten it, that ticket, That's and it was so worth it. And they were—they played forever. It was. Did so they play great. the hits? Oh, they—all—that's all they play. Yeah, did they play a lot of Tusk? They did. They yeah. played, uh, which is which is uh, one of my favorite records. Oh, yeah. I brought like you said, bring some music. I brought yeah. a track from Tusk because it's like, nice. like because um, I do a music section on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I play a couple tracks and just talk about them and like you know, I'm, just I'm, dig it. It's my favorite. But that's you're you're a huge music person. I am a huge music person. I, but I'm a, I feel like I'm a huge everything person. Are you a I like stuff. Guy? I'm not a sports See, guy. See, that's what I envision this as. I, yeah. I, years ago, when I would drive to work with my friend Mark, he's a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a sports guy at all. Right. But he would listen to Colin Cowherd in the morning. And, right, yeah. And he's kind of fun to listen to, if you know, even if you hate sports, because yeah. he just is like, he has a funny I've voice. Heard good things about him. Like, yeah. he's like a, one of those, like, solid morning guys. Yeah, right? he's, pre- he's good at talking, and yeah. he has, like, Fun sports deviations, so someone like me doesn't want to kill themselves on right. a forty-five minute drive. Right. So, but I was always thinking how it would be really cool to have a a sports talk show, but it's not about sports; it's about music. Right. And I always, my friend would always say, "Like, oh, that's fucking impossible. We, we would suck. You'd just have like people arguing about different things." I was like, "No, I think you can do it because because as much as people claim that." Uh, Sports is not an opinion because it's like oh you have you have facts you have like you know oh this guy is the best rushing average you have the same thing yeah, for I think music you do. too you have you know like Billboard charts and right. Grammys and and also and, some bands do suck and some bands that are terrible but yeah, yeah. I mean like literally <laughs> like yeah you can uh, to me it, it sounds right. the same people have the same people get invested emotionally the same way with music as they do with sports totally. you know and but I think the thing was with uh, music is that people. Don't they're not willing to be like, oh, you know what? I actually don't have good taste. Yeah, I, I have limited taste, and maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, it's always that thing. Like, well, hey, it's my opinion, man. It's my opinion. Yeah. Like, well, your opinion is not as informed as right. mine. So, you know, it's like it's like I used to tell it to my like people would say this about they always say it about like doctors. You know, like a doctor 
No, it's because they went to, they're like a scientist and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you don't say that to a doctor. Like, well, that's just your opinion, man. That's yeah, just your yeah. Opinion. You think I have cancer? That's just your opinion. Yeah. You so. could get a second opinion, yeah. but one of them you're going to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I think uh, one opinion is that there's so many shitty bands, and it's yeah. easy to call them out yeah, as being I, shitty. I, I just try yeah. to... Uh, like I, I work. I have this weird job where I work on the on the radio, and right. I am responsible. The real radio, the real radio. But I, I, I mean, as real as it's all the same now to me. To so really, some extent, yeah, because it really is. Everyone's listening online and stuff, right? Yeah, right. and and just the way that I do it. Like mm-hmm. I've worked in radio for a long time, and it used to be that I used, would sit there and play the songs right. and stuff, and be there for four hours a, de- a day. I did that too, and co- was a college radio. I don't. Nobody really does that. I mean, some people do it, but it's few and far between. Well, co- just college radio, basically. College, yeah, no college real... radio, or, or, or but like stupid commercial radio, which I work. Yeah, in. like I just pre-tape everything, and, mm-hmm. and it just plays back, which is great because it allows me the free time to do. What station? I'm on two channels. I'm on one called Sirius XMU, right? Which is uh, which is cool. Which is you. What's the U stand for? Uh, that's the worst thing. Underground? I guess it's supposed to be university. university. So it's supposed okay. to be like the college radio thing. And right. real, we it, the channel used to be called Left of Center and then Sirius and XM merged. And now it's Sirius XMU because they had a channel called XMU. XMU. Yeah. That'd be better. Because um, what the, what it is is really it's the cool – it's just sort of the indie rock channel. Yeah. Like, you know what's on Pitchfork or Stereo? I'm like that stuff, that right. sort of music, and but I guess old nobody, all of us from the channel, we hate the name of it. Right. The guy who helps you know programs, yeah. and we all hate the name of it because it's not representative of of what the music is, and it's I think it's what it is. It's an old white guy in marketing's mm-hmm. interpretation. XMU, yeah, of what like, and it's just like no, he's but so I but but we can't change it. Now. No, you got you got to have an acronym. If you don't have an acronym, that's letters. They they're not going to get it. I mean, no, no it's got to be shorter. It's got to be an acronym with letters. They're not going to get it. It's got to be like a. It's got to be an emoji. I want all these guys to. I mean, this is a, 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 a <laughs> dark thing to say, but it's like all the, there's like a certain amount of old white guys whose salaries are set who are in control of radio, and I just want them yeah. all to die already they're not. because everybody. No, but like they they're old. They're going right. to die. But you know, but, but they're going to go so slow. There's I know so it's many, so slow. So these props. These on people them. will live forever. It's good. It's it's like by the time be they're all dead they literally will have ruined radio it will just be nobody will people are like I can't that's bad um, but it's very frustrating and then I'm on the other this other channel called Alt Nation which is essentially okay. like K-Rock so it's like you, got, you play music and DJ yeah like on on XMU it's it's you know bands like new bands that are great and then on on Alt Nation it's like some of the new bands that are great but it's like also the Chili Peppers and you right. know like K-Rock music uh, Chili Peppers um Scottish Jadetta wish that song. Yeah, I probably play that 900 (laughs) times a week. I I don't know what I'm playing. That's why I want to have a show where it's me doing popular songs, like helping you remember that song. Yeah, yeah. 10 seconds of it. I made this big playlist of 90s songs, like 99 songs that are actually, that people actually listened to in the 90s that are, some of them are big hits. Tracy Bonham? Yeah, that's on there. Uh, Let me see if I Anything from live? I don't know, no, because I never liked live. I saw live, live from York, Pennsylvania. I saw him in Mankato, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Tracy Bonham opened, and this is this is long after they were big. I liked that Tracy Bonham record. Oh, 
that was yeah. a good record for me. She was then. she was cool. She was yeah. walking around like all five two of herself. Did like she a play electric violin? Like that was her I thing. I just remember the mother mother. Song. Mother mother. That was the big hit. We're losing so many people right now. This is like such ancient man. Um, there's something about the '90s that is like that kind of I don't music. Know. Yeah, where it's is very, this? Where is this playlist? Why can't I? I have too many uh, Spotify playlists. It's uh, it's impossible to. Uh, You're trying to find the. the I'm trying to find the playlist? list of this big this big list of songs, and I'm I'm the finding everything 90s. else. Uh, hold on. <laughs> it's gonna be so worth it because there's driving with the pickup bra. Yeah, uh, and I was a hotel here. It is. I got it. I got it. So there's like you know, uh, Veruca Salt, right? Seether. Oh, I remember that very well. Southern Southern Culture on the Skids, uh, Camel Walk. <laughs> I don't remember listening to that. You actually. totally. Here, I'll play it. You, you, this song. <laughs> Cracker in your special outfit for me. He's in like every indie movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's like the country. Yeah. I get yeah. Ben Stiller was probably doing something. You yeah. know? With one of those. Like dancing around. Yeah. Like the blues explosion, Luscious Jackson. JSBX. Yeah. Luscious. Uh it's my bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Did you like that new My Bloody Valentine record? I did. I Me liked too. it, but I kind of felt like I like it because it's sort of like it's like carbs or something where <laughs> you, it's hard to not like it because yeah. it's just so palatable. It's more of this. It's more yeah. of the same. It's from more my, of the same. Like, that's what I was so impressed with. It's like what was it? Seventeen years or something yeah. since the since the last record or t- longer. And uh, and it was like yeah, that's exactly what I would expect the yeah. next My Bloody Valentine record to sound like had ni- it had it come out in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, exactly. It had like there was there was no time had passed. It just yeah. sort of. Not as hard hitting because it's it's taken out There's of context. There's been so much, so yeah. Much, yeah. But that but that's what made me so happy about it. And I was really right. surprised with people that didn't like. Don't you want that? Like, I want bands to sound like like the they band. sound like they sound. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I don't I don't understand that at all. It took me a long time to realize that I like things that are droney and repetitive. I was, yeah. I was made to feel embarrassed about that a long time. I'm like, oh, I, I like that, and lots of other people also like that. Do you, okay. like, do you like fish? I used to be into fish. I wasn't to. heavily into fish, right. but I was into them uh, for the fun of going to see them live. This is more of a social thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It kinda, I kind of waver. Like, I definitely will defend them because I think right. shitting on fish is like – it's like – Kicking a fucking goldfish in the mouth. It, it is. Like, it, yeah. Oh, I, I um. No know, pun. No pun intended. But yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Maybe in the back of my brain. <laughs> the back of your mind it was intended <laughs> it was a little a connection. bit. Connection. But it, you know, I wasn't. It it's wasn't like, well, the driving pick... force of that right. statement. But the pun was there, and it was sort of inherent to the. But, Why are you picking up fish, man? They can't. They can't defend themselves. They can't even remember three seconds ago. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but like that's actually true. Yeah. In both in both circles. Right, they can't remember. But no, I had I just talked to Nathan Rabin about this. Who wrote a really cool book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a great book. It's about he um, he went on tour and sort of followed fish for a couple of weeks, and he also went to uh, the gathering of the Juggalos twice. Okay. So it's about you know two of 
sort of pop culture's most maligned bands, the Insane Clown Posse right. and Fish. And he is a legitimate fan of both of them. And he That's and it's, incredible in itself. It's really interesting. Yeah. I think he sort of got into ICP as a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like what happened to him is he went sort of very investigative journalist mm-hmm. to like, let me see about these things in a sort of snarky way. And then, you know, the the music and the people made him sort of lose all snark. Classic story. Which is great. And it's an amazing book. And, and it's sort of like. What's it called? It's it's called. Uh, oh, what is Double, it called? Double nickels. You don't know me, but you don't like me. You don't like me. <laughs> oh, that's a good title. Yeah. Like you that's don't know me, called. but you don't like me. It'll be on the section of the website where you can check it out and it's, click through. It is really, uh, it's it's really a good read. Cool. And uh, Nathan, yeah, Nathan's good. But, but, you know, in talking to him about Fish, I was like, yeah, it is, you know, I don't personally connect with their music. Right. Um, I, you know, and I, I have talked about this like I went to a fish show once for literally six minutes. Do you use drugs? I didn't use drugs okay. at the fish well, show which might have been the, could be it. the problem. It's weird it was like the only place I didn't use drugs was at this fish, fish show. Fitch. Uh, <laughs> but like but there was something about it that I was like there's nothing punk rock about this and in a very judgmental way I was just like down. I'm out. I don't yeah. want to do this. It was and that is so I was 18 or something at the time like that is such an 18 year old yeah asshole move you get a pass yeah I, a pass. I do yeah I, I, but uh, but I would almost go again just to uh, just to experience it because the musicianship is there those guys can it play is. it's definitely something where I think when you get older you get into it too like the same thing where I was talking to someone a good friend of mine who's like a big record head yeah and he like he's you know been a musician for a long time but a big record collector and he was talking about how all of his friends who are also record heads are getting a little too into prog rock because <laughs> well, they're, they're getting at that age you know they're getting deep into prog really, where really, it's like, start, you start listening to those goblin records oh, and shit. you're like yeah yeah well you know it's uh tom sharpling uh as his as his puppet friend vance says <laughs> prog rock is good for your head <laughs> i i think it's a statement that is true no i i uh i think that there is something of like because i was such because i am at core, like I, I probably identify most with punk rock music, mm-hmm. and there's something about identifying with punk rock music, which is the opposite of prog rock right. music, that you have to be sort of dismissive of all right. prog in order. But, but like, but some of that stuff is, I mean, like, some of it's ripping. It's yeah, it's unbelievable, yeah. and and I yeah. legitimately. Like it, they're like you know what I mean, and I and it has to be ten minutes. It soundtrack has to. to Suspiria. Yeah, exactly. All that, like all the Goblin stuff, right. like they're playing, right? I mean, it's also scary as shit. Yeah, so, yeah. It's spooky music for you know what I mean, and right. and, and and but like, you don't you can. You can like everything is yeah, what I can. is what I determined a, a while ago. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. I don't I also don't have to give it a try at this age. Yeah, like you don't I have just to be care. like No, you know. That's what gets me the most is when people are like uh like act like you can't like everything. No, no, you can't listen to you can't like that Robin single and also I can do whatever the fuck yeah, I exactly. want. Anybody can do whatever the fuck they want whatever they want. Yeah. Especially with music. It's like who gives a shit? I, I know. And it's, it, it's it, and yeah. here's my problem There's is camps. that I've become sort of like 
I and this is what I'm trying to lose is I am very judgmental. Like if I hear new music, me too. I always hear what it's derivative of, and I go, right. I go, oh, if I'm going to listen to this, why don't I just listen to this? like it happened to me with exactly Frank Ocean. Like I was like, I get it. I know what he's trying to do, and I know everybody loves this right now. But like, I just want Stevie Wonder. If I'm going to listen to this, right? Can't I just listen to Stevie Wonder? Like I know that, and that's just an old man who's set in his ways and. You know, it, if, but every once in a while, it's not all new music, but like... But most of it. Most of it, yeah. Most of it's terribly derivative in a sense where it's like, yeah, I feel exactly the same way where I'm saying like, well, why would I listen to this? I could listen to the better... Better version, version of, of it. This is being done. Yeah. Yeah. But I also love, like, my favorite thing is when there's something old and I don't know about it. Well, that's why I don't tend to listen to a lot of new stuff because I'm yeah. like, I keep finding, as long as I keep finding old things I haven't heard that are fucking yeah. incredible, I'm like, well, why would I waste my time listening to something that is derivative of, a, of like a, not even like a deep of a, cut. Yeah. Derivative of, a guy, of like something. A derivative of something of a guy I didn't get to even know the first time around. Right. You know, like. Or me, when it's like derivative of someone like, oh, you're, you're, you're being, you're stealing from someone who's sold more records than there are people in most European countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the, dig a little deeper, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, like uh, Syl Johnson. Have you seen the uh, Kickstarter for the Syl Johnson documentary? No. They're making, uh, Rob Hatch Miller and Paloma so I'm a Bessie. huge fan of him. Huge yeah. Huge fan of Syl. There's a, a, a Kickstarter right now uh, where two great filmmakers, they produce all of Tom Sharpling's music videos okay. and stuff. They're, they're, these guys are on it, and right. they have been shooting a Syl Johnson documentary, and they have a Kickstarter right now, uh, you know, to help uh, right. fund it further and, and film more oh, stuff and edit. And it's unbelievable, that. and he's he's involved in it. And, that's awesome. Yeah, because that's a guy that's like, oh yeah, he's been sampled on everything. Every he Wu makes, Tang track. He's made these incredible records that are, you know, you, you listen to them, and, and and in some ways it's like. Oh, it's that Al Green production, that, that sound. It's but, Willie Mitchell. Yeah, it's, it's that, man. And But it's the heavier version of it. It's heavier, yeah. exactly, yeah. It's all that, it's that same high high record. Like, I'm a pretty big Memphis soul guy. Yeah. Like, I got into that a while ago, and so when I discovered Sill, I was like, oh, this is a guy who is, this is like the dark side of that whole label. Exactly. And it's, some of that stuff is just so, I uh, there's an album he put out in 75 called Total Explosion, I think it's called. And it's kind of like not, it's more bluesy. It's not like a hit record, but this, I have had it for years. I've had it for probably seven years. And I put it on the other day and I heard a song. You know, sometimes you have something, you just don't hear it in yeah. the right light. Yes, or you yes. Did, you had too many beers and not enough beer. Or right. You something. just, it doesn't hit you at the right time in the right moment. And then you, you have right. to come back and rediscover it. And yeah. I heard this song and it fucking just blew me away. I yeah. can't fully believe how the stuff that's happening in the rhythm section is the most like intricately subtle. But oh, it's just. I mean, I'll put the trial. Maybe I'll have, they'll be one of the selections for this episode. But it's just like it crushed me. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did I not hear this? It's so sublimely perfect and he, not. And he's like you restraint know, and oh, he's God. amazing and like you know he's still alive and he's seen like sort of a career yeah. resurgence and yeah I just I the, the, the documentary will be funded but people should cool. you know contribute to it because he's got an amazing he sues everybody he for does sample, well for sampling like you know the, he's who did he sue who did not pay who I, stole? eventually you know he he got money from Wu Tang he got money I, I'm trying to remember but Wu Tang to their credit did take that before. That was like an issue before. Yeah, was that Paul's Boutique was what broke that open, right? Paul's well, Paul's Boutique is one of the last albums. It was the last one, but that was like the, the Turtles were sort of instrumental in um, 
you know, and that's another song I brought. It's okay. like they sued De La Soul for for you sh- for uh, they sample you showed me. I forget right. the uh, the De La Soul track, but they was that the precedent lost. That yet? was well, I think the real precedent one, the most famous one, is Bismarcky versus uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan for uh, okay. Alone Again Naturally. Got it. Because you know that. Biz, just, I mean, he really lifts that song. Yeah. But you can't, you couldn't. Paul's Boutique is particularly. A record like you, you know, they sample the Beatles. Well, they sample, but they also, they don't just sample the Beatles for one song. It's like here's two seconds of it, and now we're going to sample uh, two seconds of James Brown. Yeah, two seconds of. The, I mean, Shake Your Rump is essentially half of the Rose Royce soundtrack to Car Wash, <laughs> yeah. which you know, I I loved that movie when I was a kid, right. and I had the soundtrack album. And I love it. It's still one of my favorite soundtracks albums. You know, the Mary J. Blige song, I'm Going Down, is a cover of uh, Rose Royce. Okay. I'm Going Down. She's, she's an amazing, does an amazing cover of it. The original's also great. But uh, yeah, Shake Your Rump samples that entire soundtrack. So when that when I first heard Paul's Boutique, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? It was like one of the first sort of times I can remember, like, I've heard that before. Yeah, that, that's a pretty cool feeling. I remember, I'm trying to think, because... Like I said, I listened to a lot of soul stuff before I ever got into hip hop, and then when I did, I was like, "Oh, this is just this song." Yeah, but it's like the part of the song is not the best part of not the song. even the best part of the song. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, but so like, weird. yeah, like you know, Sil, Sil definitely sued people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I just was reading um, Howard Kalen from the Turtles has a, a an autobiography out right now, which is great. It's called Shell Shocked. I mean, this is a guy uh, who literally. Passed through everybody, right. you know what I mean, from the sixties with the the turtles and stuff. So he's you know hanging out with the Beatles and everything, and Jimi Hendrix and, and the Zappa. Stones. And then he's yeah, Flo and Eddie. He's like in with Zappa, and then then they're radio guys, and they right. sang background vocals on everybody's records. Like he's right. really friends with Mark Bolin. They sang on T Rex oh, cool. albums. It's you know unbelievable, and they it seemed like they were two of the worst business people in <laughs> rock and roll. That's pretty common. There's a great video of, of, of Flo and Eddie sort of standing by a whiteboard, right. just taking you through like, this was our first manager. We got rid of him. He sued us for $250,000. And they have a whiteboard just detailing their five managers Ugh. that they and just how they, you know, we finally we go back to the original manager we had for, and then we break up. I mean, it's like they just went through it. You Music know? is uh, shitty. I don't know how anybody... <laughs> How they make it out alive. Business. Well, yeah. I mean, it's weird now because, like, I'll have bands on the radio. Right. These are bands that I play on the radio. This is successful rock bands. Right. They have day jobs now. Oh, man. It is. I, there are bands that I play on the radio all the time that they yeah, get off jobs. a tour and then they go work another job. Like, what kind of job are we talking about here? Job in the music business, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, publicity artists. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, just whatever they can yeah. do to make a living. Because like the o- they're not making it from records. The band The OCs, you know mm-hmm. them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much my favorite band yeah. of now. And I know, I'm pretty sure, and John Dwyer's not shy about it, but he does a lot of stuff on the side for work. And sure. It's just like, it kills me because they're like a prolific. They have 400 records out. Yeah. yeah. And they're all good. Yeah. Every one of the records is amazingly we, that's great. A, that's a perfect, I play them on the radio every day. Oh, it's so, so it's like what you have to do now. If yeah. you, It's like you can't, you can't be, you have to be, you're either enormously successful right. or, you know, I mean, it's just, the, the, it's hard to make a, any money guess, in this business. But to, for the OC's credit, I think that that's a path that they have chosen, as right. opposed to they've been courted a lot by of major labels. Of course, yeah. Just like, no thanks, no, I don't want to. Well, why would anybody? What yeah. could what could a major 
label offer you? Offer you a chance to uh, have a bunch of money and a lot of downtime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look at look at that uh, that girl Creshawn. You know what I mean? Right. Who puts out that one song and everybody's right. it's fun. Everybody likes it and stuff. And she gets a million dollars or something. Yeah, huge sign That bonus. record doesn't come out for a year. And it's not great. And it's not great. Because and, she's not really a rapper. You know, it, it, but yeah. they waited a year mm-hmm. and it, it was one of the lowest selling... Oh, totally. It was, I mean, it's like perfect example of like how does how this thing goes wrong for everyone involved. And that's even like a label that's not like a big label. That's like sort of the indie side of that kind of well I guess it's half and half wasn't like she the, isn't it Columbia or something it's like whatever Sony. Diplo right. is his thing I right. don't know Mad Decent which is a subsidiary of Sony I guess yeah, yeah. so I guess that's pretty big but it's crazy it's just crazy like and, and I feel bad because I use Spotify all the time yeah I um, use it all the time that's crazy about the the money that how small I remember reading some article about Spotify, RDO, what's the third one? Pandora. Pandora, yeah. The artists get, they get virtually no money whatsoever. Yeah. Well, like um, what's his name? Tom York just pulled the uh, Adams for Peace record off of Spotify. Really? Yeah. For that, for that reason? Because mm-hmm. it was like, this is not worth yeah. it. And the Black Keys didn't put El Camino on Spotify. Right. You couldn't listen. Like, you just, just some artists just say yeah. no. And I'm surprised that more don't. They don't. I guess if if you're really small, you sort of can't afford not to because you right. you're not going to make any money anyway. So you might as well try to try to get it heard so it that heard, the people yeah. come out or buy a shirt or something. Yeah, I think that's some extent the same with comedy if you think about it. Because if you are able, like this podcast is free to listen to. Yeah, you can donate and you should donate, asshole. You absolutely should. <laughs> and uh, if you <laughs> listen to a podcast and you enjoy it regularly and you don't donate it to, you don't donate regularly to them or the network that that, that they're a part of, you're, you're a sociopath. That's what I think. Yeah. You know I mean? if, you, if you listen to it regularly and you have the means, of course you have to take care of your life responsibilities first. But if you have anything left over and somebody's providing you such free entertainment, you know. Slow touch. You be a, be a good person. Like, be one of those people that contributes to NPR and keeps the world yeah. a better place. Yeah, I give. I give to them. I, I'm always. Uh, I always give to them, like, off the pledge drive. Like, it's the same yeah. when I do my birthday presents. It's like, hey, your birthday was three weeks ago. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, your birthday was six months ago. You didn't think Happy this birthday. was coming in right now. You didn't. Here it is. Yeah. Way better. Twice as effective. <laughs> but like, you know, no comedy like, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, it seems like a lot of people are putting out like, you know, free things. Right. Because to, to, that's what a podcast is for a, a comedian. It's a promotional it's like, it's tool. A, it's a, yeah. I'll put this out for free. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll check out some of the other stuff that it's I It's a do. balloon. Yeah. It's and, in the air. Um, but like, you know, I, I think it's it's the best, you know. I, yeah. It's the it's so much fun. I love doing. I just have fun. That's my thing. Me too. I I uh, do this somewhat irregularly nowadays, but only because I just had other things to do. But it's like the one. It's like the one pleasure. It's an actual it's my, pleasure. It's my favorite thing that I do mm-hmm. is doing is doing the podcast. I I do it very consistently, um, and you know, sort of, and take it very seriously. Because I, I would say that right now, of all the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that is most representative of oh, yeah. me. It's actually a personal thing as opposed to being like a funneled through yeah. other things. I'm grateful for the other things that I do. And I, and I love to, you know, write on a thing or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fun. Like, I have a lot of fun. I it's don't, the I don't opposite really... of television. 
Yes, it is. It's the opposite of television. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the opposite of being an actor on TV is a podcast. Yeah. You're, you work very consistently, it seems like. I do. And I do seem- a lot of acting. I like to act a lot. Yeah. I enjoy it. Do you it's like fun. do you like acting more than stand up or I don't do know you... I kind of think it's the same thing really I do to some extent because I think that uh, my favorite stand up is people basically telling a story or like yeah there's like a character there's some type of a there's some type of a drama there's like stakes there right not to say that people who are like word comedians who are are bad or not funny I just the what I like the most and what I like to do Personal. is that so yeah. Um, I, I forget that a lot too. I always forget, like, God, why am I not enjoying this? Oh, it's because I want to see some drama, right? So I, I do feel like there, there, there's a huge crossover. I think there's more. There's, oh, I, I thought this the other day. I was like doing one of those things where I'm talking to myself, like I'm talking to someone else. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, there's more drama in stand-up than there is stand-up in drama. Huh? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There can be, at least. Stand-up has the capacity to be, you can do whatever you want inside that. Right. But it's hard to, you can't really speak to camera with, like, your ideas and puns and stuff inside of a dramatic setting. When I say drama, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Acting. I mean, Um, thesp. uh, uh, From a thespian standpoint. From the thesp. I, uh, yeah, I don't do, I don't really do stand-up. I sometimes, I very, always like to be very clear about that. Because... The people that do do stand-up, I would never... Because sometimes I get up on a stage with a microphone and I will tell stories okay. and talk. Right. Okay? But I am not doing that ever at Zany's uh, because they wouldn't stand for that shit. No. Like, and I I have to be... The, what I When I get up and talk, it's always in some fucking very safe alternative room where people kind of already know me and uh, know what they're getting into. I can't go do stand-up comedy at a club tonight. I would be terrified and people would not be happy having it so and to some extent um people like me can't either which is kind of great in a way but you do do i do yeah but sometimes it's like this sucks right and i know why it sucks but i also don't care do other comics like like when you're like i don't know how often you're out on the road in like a true comedy club situation but do other comics or do they look at you like you're crazy or do you just not fit in i think it depends i think it depends who and where i definitely i had this experience where i was headlining in minnesota at a casino right which casinos already are it's the fucking that's the worst yeah it's the every every comic friend of mine that has to do atlantic city or any kind of casino thing it's just the it's it's your your people are mad they're losing money everyone's unhappy yeah everyone is old right everyone is dumb right everyone is white yeah (laughs) if they're not white they might as well be white right like they're just sort of they're whitewashed they're like devoid of culture who's going to comedy in a casino they're going that's not Don Rickles or Joan Rivers they're going because they need to take a break from losing money exactly and they need to say what could you say to somebody in that state of mind that is possibly going to and they just and like like they have to be a prop comic you know something like that where it's where it's just not any kind of comedy that you're ever going to do yeah (laughs) except I mean I did a bunch of shows there, and there's this guy who was featuring for me, and he was older, and he was from the area, mm-hmm. and he was doing stuff that was like, 
I couldn't believe it's something where if you were to do an impression of a hacky stand-up comic, right. you wouldn't even do this because it would be too ridiculous. It's too on the nose, like, like yeah. Too like uh, guys, remember that? Remember that beefaroni sound song for the commercial beefaroni? Wow. It would sound like this: beefaroni, beefaroni. Wow. Next thing you know, you're making love to your wife, and uh, beefaroni. Why'd you say that? <laughs> I saw that commercial earlier. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, this guy here knows him like that kind of thing. That's like, um. That sounds. By the way, it sounds really funny. It, sounds it was great. funny for about but, four minutes. Right, but no, no, yeah, the, the, yeah it's. That's that's insane. How does Beefaroni. he knows that that like you know yes it's going to get laughs yeah but he but th- th- I guess there are some guys that just like I hey, just just about to have pe- have people make sure people have a good time. Well, they, it's the no thing. art to it. Exactly. That's it. that's exactly it. Is I think some people just uh, it's like a pandering thing. Yeah. Where you have to pander because you feel like if you don't you're wasting people's time and if you waste people's time it's like the greatest sin. It's so bad. to... These, you know, these these are good people. Worked hard and they paid to come here. So you better give them some good chuckles, or you're gonna. They're gonna Every be comic in. I know would 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 rather kill themselves than think that way. Yeah, and like good comics. Yeah, and if, of all different ilks. Like I think if you were to ask people as diverse as sort of uh, you know Jim Norton mm-hmm. and. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins, two very different comics, but I right. think that they're really approaching it from the same angle of like, I'm getting on stage and I want the audience to have a good time, but I have to be kind of true to my voice. Right. Like, I think it's, there's definitely gray areas. There's people who kind of do a little bit of both. Right. There's like a thing where you kind of wish and wash and I don't know. I don't know. But it all, you know, it's all just a process of death. <laughs> exactly. It's a slow process of death. I just, yeah, and I wonder, is this like, is that guy really sad? The guy does, or does he not know? He He's sad. Care. He was bitter. Definitely He's sad. Bitter. bitter. Right, right. He was a former LA person who right. who left after. Left. I don't know if I think he was having some success. I don't really know the whole story. It's kind of one of those things where I don't really want to know. Yeah, I just don't care that much. Yeah. It's my time to find out <laughs> what what's going on with you. Right. You it's know? like I get it. it but, whatever it is, it's sad. I can't help yeah. it. It's just you know I just got to get back home. Divorce. Yeah. Like yeah. Divorce. The Div- comedy club. Divorce. I've been waiting for a club. Divorces. 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 Comedy. Divorces club. can be uh, liberating though. It that can could, be. You know what I mean? But that word, that word just sounds like divorce. Sounds I don't know. Like, I'm see. I'm a guy who's like. Like I don't think I'm. Are ever you divorced? Gonna, no, I'm not divorced, but I don't think I'm ever going to get married. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I think I'm just one of those guys that's like, and I'm not not that like a uh, 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 terminal bachelor. I'm not a tomcat. Like, not not like that at all, no. but just sort of like I could probably see myself being with the same person um, for a very long time and stuff. But like I don't know about marriage and monogamy. Mm-hmm. I don't know about any of that. It, I just I don't know. You got to explore the space. It's it seems like. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. It's a lot of questions I've been asking he myself, just particularly lately. Know. I don't know, ladies. Ladies, I don't know. We're gonna take a quick break, and then Jake will see if he knows. <laughs> Be right back. Just a quick one. Stop. Can you just stop that for a second? Thanks. If you want to email me, email me at twistingthewind at gmail.com. I love you. 
Stop it. Stop it. If you want to send me recommendations for guests, musical suggestions, or just want to say hi and do all that stuff, twisting the wind at Gmail. Also, be sure to visit. Be sure to visit Amazon. Be sure to visit. Sure to visit Amazon our Amazon portal and buy shit that has been recommended by the show because we get a nice little little kickback from that that we deserve. So, thanks so much for listening. Return. Feel free to return anytime you want to return. If you want to return anytime, feel free to return anytime you want. Your options. Your options. Boobs. That was Shake a nice still doesn't break. know. It was a good break. I don't know. Yeah, I figured oh, nothing yeah. out. <laughs> I want to go back to something here. Um, so yeah. we're talking about being derivative, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. So, do you like listen to Beck at all? Yeah, I, I, um, I haven't really. I've heard like one or the, like uh, the right. new song and everything. Um, Beck was always really supportive to me when I was a kid. You mean like in person? In person, yeah. Oh wait. So you know him? I do. I don't know Beck for a long. Like I haven't seen Beck in a long time. Let's start over here. Okay. You grew up in New York, right? Yes, I grew up in Philadelphia and New York City. But like the like the city in the city. Yes. So like a city kid. I I grew up in New York City at. I'm so no, not a brownstone, but I'm so from New York City that uh, I I have now taken five driving tests. And still have not passed the uh, California driver's license wow. exam. I have. I am going to hopefully pass soon. What's What's the problem? I I might not be that good a driver. I well, think you know, is that ultimately the problem. Here's a little secret. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody is. Yeah, I know that, You're but not... I'm not even good enough to pass the. Te- well, I guess the, you have to be on point to pass the I first two three t- times. Three. T- okay, I'm on five. I'm gonna have to take. What are you doing six. wrong? What are they telling okay, you? The doing? last time I made too wide of a turn. Okay. Too wide of a, too wide of a tr- too wide of a right turn, and mm. there were you know I wasn't going to hit anybody, but there were pedestrians too wide involved. Wide of a right turn. Yeah, I know, I know a right turn. The left turns are, are okay. tricky for me, but that that was it. The time before that, the test taker just didn't want to. She she didn't want to pass me. Why not? But she had I had it was awful. It was one of those classic DMV things where I'm waiting in line to like you know at the desk, Make a joke? and she comes over. No, she comes over. She's like got her clipboard. She mm-hmm. goes, Ugh, says to her friend behind the counter. How many more of these do we have today? And I was like, and she was like, I don't know, like five. And she's like, ah. So she was like, at the end of her rope. Did you remind her that she works at the DMV? No, I did not. I, I did not. Uh, this is your I, they job. They seem like actually. the kind of people you don't do bits with. Yeah. You know what I mean. But the last, but the guy after that, he was he was very warm and stuff. I just what'd you do wrong? I uh, I just, that was too wide of a turn. The other time before that, it was. Uh, uh, just a little bit of hesitation at a hesitation. red hesitation on making a left turn at a you know when the light turned green like just weird 
dumb things. But they could. It's one. I thought it had to be a bunch of things, not just one. It's thing. little things. I mean, I think it's just general driving. The first two times, though, I had panic attacks. Oh, okay. So that so those two kind of don't count. You got to get behind the wheel somewhere. I'm I'm doing it. You know what I mean? I've you got to drive more. I have driven and I keep driving and I keep driving. Do you have a logbook? Huh? You have a logbook? What's a logbook? A lo- it's a, you log how many hours you're driving. It's what pilots do. But no, but do I have all the bills. You know what I mean? <laughs> of of the driving instructor. Well, you got to go with a person who's like a friend. I know. You have a permit? I do. I, I have to go get my permit again. They took it away from me because I I failed. I have to go take what? the written test again. Oh my god! That's how new. That's how much I'm from New York. <laughs> I can't pass the driving test. It's to the oh, point where it's man. a bit now. You know what I mean? Like I do think it's funny. I do have a sense of humor about yeah. it. Like, but I originally from Philly, moved to New York, grew up in New York, and yes, that's I'm a New York wow. person. So so Beck obviously you just gotta drive with people. <laughs> I know. I yeah. need more. I need more time on the road. Wow. I need. It's got. I have this Bonus. attitude, though. I will. It will take as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I will get better. Eventually, I will pass. I'm getting everywhere I need to go. In the meantime, I, I you know, thank God for Uber. Oh, I'm trying to hook up with them. Maybe give me some sort of endorsement deal. I won't drive if they forever. If I can get Uber, for I free. hate driving. I hate driving. I don't think I like it either. I fucking hate it. If I never had to drive again, like if let's say, oh my God, I hate it so much. It's one of those things where, like, I want to move out of LA just because I'm so tired of going the same place the same way all the time. Yeah. It's like my brain just knows. If I hear people talking about directions, I'm like, no, you're wrong. This is, this is, this is how right, you do it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I've, start, I've started to develop my own opinions about that now that I've <sighs> lived here like a year and a half or whatever. Like I'm sort of like, no, well, yeah, we'll just take the coin to pass. So obviously try to avoid that. You yeah. know what I mean? And some people have a completely different – but like I'm like – Literally one of those California people that talks about directions, and I'm going to New York on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'll be there for a week. So I, 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 this is I was I hated New York, but when I why do you hate New York? Why well, I, I I just got so tired because it was it's expensive and everybody's on top of each other and it's dirty and and I just became angry and mean and and it was really? hard to live. It's just hard to live in New York. Where did you live when you lived there most recently? Most recently, I lived on the Upper East Side, which I had moved to from the East Village because I felt I was too fucking old to live in the East Village anymore. <laughs> I just like something about this. It's like, uh, everybody's 12. It's really? driving me crazy. Yeah, it was. I was tired of coming home okay. with vomit on the steps. Man. I, I totally became this like, like, I need to move to the Upper West. And then I, I moved to the Upper East Side, and six months later, I was in L.A. Okay. And, um, and, and I'm... It's good to be here. But Beck, okay, was, Beck, yeah, he was on, he did, he was very supportive because I did this show on public access. Right. He, he this became, is back, this is Squirt TV, right? Yeah, back in the day. I, just, I said I wasn't going to do any research because I felt like it'd be fun to talk to you I, not knowing anything. Do you know what? I appreciate that, actually. Right. The, then going through sort of the Wikipedia, but I, I like clicked, to talk to you as a person. Yeah. I clicked one thing and I saw that, so I have that knowledge. Yeah. So, But all I know is that you did a public access show when you were much younger. I've talked about it a bunch. It's like, yeah, I did. I was much younger. It was a thing. It was before UCB and then, you know. Oh, and, it's well before that. Yeah. It was, it was It was. all. That's a blip. It was a blip. Yeah. It literally is a no, blip. UCB is a blip. UCB that, is a blip. Because yeah. public access, that's like a that's a thing that it's so everyone f- grew up. It's so funny because yeah, yeah it was. It's, it's a special thing. It is it's a like special a, thing. 
it, and, and it's sort of interesting that like the biggest thing on public access right now in New York City, because public access as the internet has become more and it's more, it's definitely thing, changed. It. It's changed. It's yeah. I don't know what's people don't you don't flick through the dials anymore. Right. And that's how have, people would find my show, like, like Wayne's World. Like yeah. That, like that's a special. That's a joke you really couldn't do now because no. you don't have that type of thing. You would do. I mean, it's really funny because like I think about Wayne's World and then I think about the sketches that Jimmy Fallon and uh, Horatio did. Uh, Jarrett's room, yeah, which was a guy like in a webcam. That's what it would be now. It is. It's a webcam, but it just there's definitely a different thing because there's like that professional setting with a bunch of wacky weirdo amateurs. Yeah, amateurs. like real cameras. Yeah, and real. There's like real this place. is real. This is on television. Right. But it's it's it, it's as amateurish as it gets. Yeah. There's yeah that doesn't ex- everything's professional now. Professional, but it's the op. It's still the other. It's just that weird. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. But you did this that but, that show. But 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 I'm curious to see what your opinion is about Beck because I, I love I lo- him. I love I, him. I love him too, and I love Odile and stuff. And 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 that was that was a earth shattering record. Oh yeah. Well, when it for came me, it was out. Mellow Gold because Mellow Gold. Like, oh my God, is amazing. Yeah. You know all, all those records. And then every time Beck puts out a record, I'm like, I like it. I don't. I like his more produced full. Official Beck records more than right. I like the acoustic stuff. I do like One Foot in the Grave though. Like, oh, well, that's amazing. I, I yeah. you know, I, I uh, so I've definitely felt in the last you know couple of years like, hey, where's Beck? Right, well, uh, come on, what's going on? I think he's just being a weirdo. Right? I, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think you know he's got two new records apparently done. One coming out this year. Right, I know that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I haven't really seen. Back for for many years. But now. when did you first see him? Because you obviously know him. You touched 1995? his body. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah. So that was ninety six. That was when post mellow gold before Odile. Oh wow. Okay. The whole Odile thing. Because I was really good friends with. Um, I still friends with. Um, they're divorced now. But uh, Jenny Connor and Ben Cooley. Okay. Um, I was when after after Score TV ended. And I I needed to find something to do with you my time. You were a teen then, right? I was a teen. I was so were, 17 yeah. years old. You were in high school. Uh, I left high school. You dropped out of high school. I dropped out of high school. Right. I have a GED now. I don't cool. encourage people to drop out of high school. Yeah. Don't, um, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. More trouble is worth. Uh, but Jenny Connor, um, I was her intern. She was a development executive at uh, Tribeca Films. That's De Niro's company. De Niro's company. Yeah. She was probably the world's worst development executive, mm-hmm. and I was the world's worst intern. We had a <laughs> okay. lot of fun. And her um, <laughs> uh, boyfriend, her hus- husband at the time, they're, they're, um, was uh, this guy, Ben Cooley. Okay. Ben Cooley was Beck's tour manager. So Got Beck had it. come on my show, but then I became friends with like people in that world. and, and um, Which is, What's the world exactly? Is it like it's, it's uh, really interesting. DGC? It's, yeah, yeah, that DGC right. world, like um, Weezer, That Dog, Beck. It really is sort mm-hmm. of a DGC. Gold Mountain Entertainment, which was John Silva. It's all extension of the Beastie Boys okay. is really what it was. The, the Beastie Boys and Sonic Youth, like, I lived down the street from Thurston and Kim. Oh, in, in, uh, Thurston Moore and Kim yeah, Thurston Gordon Moore and Kim, of, of band, Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth. They lived down I, the street. First and live band I ever saw. They were... I had this public access show, right. and this weird, bizarre phenomenon sort of happened. This is before I'm MTV. I'm laughing at you saying Thurston. I, I don't mean to say that no, like I I'm close friends with I'm them. Not, I'm laughing because it's just like there's a there's a younger person, a version of me that would have just been like, uh, what? <laughs> like, no, uh, 
So I said Thurston and Kim not because of a familiarity with them, because you would know who I'm talking yeah, about. Just yeah. in a shorthand of like we're talking about the Beastie Boys, Sonic Youth World. Thurston, I lived down the street from where Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon well, lived. But it just blows me away. That's one of those things where it, it blows me away. Yeah. I it's weird because here it gets crazier because. Okay. I'm doing the public access show, and it's just me in my bedroom, and I'm talking about things that are of interest to me, which is like Devo and Howard Stern. Yeah. And I get – I had a voicemail you could call. I put a number at the bottom of the screen. And I think at one point I said – I had maybe done five or six of these episodes. Mm-hmm. The first the, – the, I'll, I'll go back for a second. It, it wasn't live. Okay. It was pre-taped. It was on Sunday nights at 1230. My theme song was Minimum Wage by They Might Be Giants. Oh, I'm a huge TMBG fan. I met those guys Three weeks times. into doing the public access show, I get a voicemail. I'll never forget it. And he goes, hey, this is John Flansburg from They Might Be Giants. Uh, I'm checking out your show. I'm digging it. <laughs> Thanks. He was his now wife, uh, Robin uh, Goldie Goldwasser, right. um, had an apartment in Manhattan. They were st- dating at that time, and they were in Robin's apartment, and they saw the show, and he decided. So that happened with Thurston Moore. Did you what? ever call their number? Uh, yes, the dial song? 718-387-6962. I'm in the uh, the They Might Be Giants documentary for literally 12 seconds talking about calling Dial-A-Song and how sometimes oh, it wouldn't work. Then I have to... I, I've watched that. I haven't watched I'm it, in it since for it came out. 12 seconds. It uh, 12 seconds. That's awesome. Um, but like, yeah, so... so he called you up and left a message. Yeah, and that, happened, that kept happening. And it right. happened with Thurston. He called up. He's like, hey, you said on the show that you uh, want a haircut. Uh, Kim will give you a haircut. And then I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But then it was like Thurston... It was like the very last issue of Sassy Magazine, okay. which never ended up coming out, but is on. Right. I think somebody put it on the web. But I went over to Thurston's house mm-hmm. so he could interview me for, for, for Sassy. Sassy. Yeah. So that was the world that I got thrust into as a teenager. When I, I look back, it all seems to it happen very organically. Yeah, it but I look back and it's like fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and what's crazy to me is, is like I saw Thurston like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Because he came up to uh, to Sirius to talk about his you know his latest solo record, and right. he, I interviewed him, and I, I we talked about. It. I said, "Your daughter is now the age that I was when we first met." Right, like that. I mean, it was like that's how long ago. But it it all came out of like the Beastie Boys liked the show, mm-hmm. and there was a very strange period of time between nineteen ninety, I feel like nineteen ninety four mm-hmm. and nineteen ninety seven. Where whatever the Beastie Boys were doing was what pop culture. Was yeah, they doing. were like they just they just said this. They just said this. They had a Goldfinger. Yeah, and and, and MTV took notice of that, and that's right. how my weird thing even ended up on MTV right. in the first place. And then that time was over. You know, then it was like uh, Total Request Live and. Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears and yeah, they, Slipknot. And they change very fast over there. They it's change a true very fast. revolving door. So there's that kind of three, four year right. period uh, where I fell in, and and that was you know what I mean. So it's not it's not indicative of my life anymore right. because everybody's so much older and we've lost oh, one yeah. of the Beastie Boys. But mm-hmm. but then I fell in with UCB uh, right. in in New York because at the same time that all that was going on, I, I started going to. Rebar, which became Luna Lounge and okay. like Janine Garofalo, uh, Mark Marin, like right. that, like you know that whole scene, mm-hmm. uh, the Sklars, and that whole Luna Lounge scene was also. I was also I gravitated towards that, right. and um, it was really yeah, it was really wild. But so I, so I Beck was a genius. To so me. he came on the show. Yeah, he came on the show with Mike D. What did you guys talk about? Nothing. 
Beck, Literally nothing. Beck's not much of a talker. No, he's he? not. He's like, very quiet. Well, you, you can see it online. There's a. It's a. If okay, you type I'm in Squirt TV that. Beck Mike D, I'm sure it comes up. We'll put it on the website. Put it on the website. It's and gonna it's... be on the website. <laughs> hey, hey! If you don't get this on the website, website, you're failing this whole fucking company. Click. Don't, don't fuck this up for everyone. Click through. It'll open in a new motherfucking tab. Hey, hey, you're going to fucking open it in a new tab, and then you'll probably get distracted. Right and, click. And then open up all 40 new tabs, because you fucking, you, got the, you can't stop fucking clicking through things. And then you're going to remember later that that tab's still open once you complete, your computer slows down like you, you fucking dimwit. Who are these people? And then Beck will say... Something like that. Yeah, exactly. The Beck, yeah. Oh. Well, the reason I bring Beck up because we're talking about the whole derivative thing. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of his. I've been for like a long time. Yeah. Like I feel like I've kind of ridden the different ebb and flows sure. of Beck, of like hatred and of, of people hating him. And, you know, he occupied different spaces throughout his career. But something that I've always enjoyed is picking out his samples because he, oh, he's got yes. great taste. Yes. But he definitely lifts... Like the finest cat burglar in music that there is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's the Dust Brothers once again on Odele. You yeah, know what I mean, uh, it, but it's... he does stuff. Some stuff where I'm like, I fucking got you. I got you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I, if I ever get a chance to meet him, I say, okay, I've got six things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Your first album cover. I know where that comes from. Do you know where it comes where from? Where does it come from? No. The, the, the stereopathetic soul manure. Yeah. Those concentric, concentric circles, those weird rings. It's zoomed in and turned to the right of this record company in Reseda <laughs> that used to do like, you know, you come in, you want to make a recording of your, of your right. family singing? Sure. It's that. It's one of those companies. Well, that makes so much, because Beck grew up here. Right. And, and Beck, when he grew up here, he grew up here. I mean, this like- For real. If you've read- uh, We've got the Neutron Bomb, the uncensored oral history of uh, L.A. Punk, which is an amazing, yeah, like, please great. kill me. We all know is the definitive New York, uh, London punk book. That shit sucks. That, that is where it's at. It's a, it's a great book. But then this book is the definitive Los Angeles one right. by uh, Mark Spitz and uh, the late Brendan Mullen, who ran The Mask. And Beck used to, like, see the, the quick and stuff at yeah. The Mask, like, running around like the germs are playing. And Beck's a little kid. So he yeah. he knew if you wanted to make a... Of course he knows about some weird record place in Reseda. Well, I mean, that's the thing is it looks like it's an original cover. Right. But then... Uh, I, I was I was at the Pasadena swap meet like six years ago and I stumbled across like what is this is a stereopathic owner? No, it's a it's just some random Test dollar for, record yeah. of some shitty people singing about, you know, some shitty it. That's think, what I love about Los Angeles right now is just like the way that I know kind of New York history, I'm now I'm getting to know sort of Los Angeles mm-hmm. pop culture history and I'm so new to all of it that like, you know, every it just all of it is it's so exciting to me. There's a lot. There's a lot here. It's, yeah, uh, it's very much um, inexhaustible because it's not really one place. No, it's a thousand places. I've never so. come to this part of town. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the last two days, I've been in Burbank for some reason, and cool. like you know, I I went to meet uh, friends for lunch at Bob's Big Boy, which I'd never right. been to. I've and never been there actually either. I think it's I may, fun. I may just never go. Yeah, I mean, it was but, just, it was like you know, and Bill Nye, Bill Nye the Science Guy was there. That was really what? That was really God. really funny. My friend Ken took a photo Fucking of me, Bill Nye. and Bill Nye the Science Guy is like in the background, and you're you can just clearly like meeting see him. every person I've ever wanted to meet but have not met. 
that time? I didn't meet Bill Nye. Oh, I didn't, didn't go up to him. Oh, okay. No, he just was at oh, the restaurant. I was like, to. hey, look, there's Bill Nye. I saw Pat Smear and the uh, Gelsons oh, wow. on Fourth of July. That's amazing. Well, this I was like, okay, I think that's Pat Smear. Yeah, it's Pat Smear. And you know, the whole place is crawling with yeah. every shade of hipster and non-hipster. Right. Everyone's last-minute shopping, and I'm like, you know, no one's bothering. No one's talking to him. I'm like, okay. I have to say something because I'm going to say something, you know? Yeah. Like, I walked up to him and was like, uh, Pat Smear, right? He goes, indeed. Oh, it's and, great. And we talked for just like, you know, two minutes. He was like incredulous, like, oh, you're too young to have like my music. I'm like, oh, oh. I like you a lot. I didn't say this to him because I couldn't think about why, but I realized later like why I like that guy so much is that I remember watching him live playing with Nirvana. I'm like, this guy is smiling. Yes. He's a fucking rad punk. Yes. He's just like throwing his guitar around, but he's having a good time. He is. You never saw anyone else doing that in that era. Really. You're right. Yeah. He was the only one smiling. And, I, you know, I think that he was so happy to be playing in Nirvana. I'm sure. You know, at the, I think he was just that happy. And, yeah, I've uh, I've never really, I've met him. I've never really hung out with him and stuff or had the opportunity to talk to him. Right. Like, it's just been like, oh, hello. or You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but... I love. I did, I did go see the Germs uh, play with Shane really? West. Well, it was one Ooh. of these things, like it a was, reunion thing, or was it? This was is the weirdest thing, man. Like, no, this was really strange. Like, they're playing at the Mercury Lounge, which I used to live down the New street York from, City in New York City, Lower East Side. Yeah, Lower East Side, and it was like, well, what I am I going to not walk six blocks away to go check out whatever this is with the Germs? The Germs are. Yeah. All right, let me go. And I saw, you know, the sh- I saw Shane West, who's the actor who plays Darby Crash in the movie, mm-hmm. and I was sort of like, it's the craziest thing in the world. How can the germs replace Darby Crash? And then with the guy from ER. But I, I, I went, and I have to tell you that it was great. Really, it was. He was unbelievable, and it was a great show. And it was sort of like, yeah, I guess if the germs were going to do something so insane, like have the actor from the movie, like the, he, he would have to be good. Yeah, like, and he, he really was good. So I know on paper it sounds like a complete, uh, like just the worst thing you could imagine but it's actually great you know I don't think they're playing anymore there sure was... are a lot of bad reunion things like I saw yeah. the zombies once oh how was that it was okay it was very adult contemporary but the worst thing that happens I feel like with rock of that era that gets redone right is they get a guitarist who's got hot licks oh yeah 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 who's yeah, got yeah. the strat yeah it's a red hot strat right he's ripping and he's doing some licks and he's got nothing to do and it's blazing licks he's yeah. got that rat the yeah. turbo rat right he's got his uh, who knows what kind of shitty like solid state amp that's just driven to the front and it's right. fucking ripping right and there are licks man it has like, no <laughs> place in what these people yeah. are doing, what you're coming to see but oh, it's I, that it's the solos it's the, it's the strat solos that are what just I just kill uh, reunion concerts. My friend Rachel works for the Monkees. Oh, okay. And uh, she does all Speaking the, of Harry Nelson? Yeah, speaking of yeah. Harry Nelson. So last week, um, I, I was very honored to get to do this. Uh, they had a, they started a tour uh, and they were going, they're going on a tour the and monkeys. they were rehearsing Man. for their tour. Um, and they invited about 20 people. They just said, everyone invite a friend. And I was in a rehearsal studio in in, uh, in the valley and just watched the monkeys run through their entire oh, show start to finish and they do it right they do it so right they uh 
do the hits and they sound they like to. the records and they have to and they have great visuals in the background which Rachel puts together and they're just they, they are having fun it's mm-hmm. really cool and the monkeys are so good like I love so the who they have replacing they don't have anyone replacing Davy Jones okay. what they do is a uh, you know they just kind of don't do some of the Davy songs right. uh, and then at the end they do a little tribute to him where they show uh, uh, the Nilsson song, Daddy's song mm-hmm. uh, from Head where Davey does it. Right. And then they sing Daydream Believer, but they bring up somebody from the audience to lead the whole oh, crowd cool. to sing Daydream Believer, which Tasteful. is great. You Tasteful. know what I mean? And it's like sort of the last thing they do. But, they do Cuddle Toy? Uh, they don't do that. Uh, um, Nilsson song. They don't do, yeah, they don't do, they don't do that. They do everything else though. They do, and yes. they're doing a lot of Nesmith stuff because he's back. Right. Playing with that. It's, wearing the hat. It's uh, not wearing the hat. That's the other thing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're age appropriate. Okay. That's they are, good. they are not. That's a thing that sucks is when you see like, I find it happens the most with male comedians. Yes. It's like, oh, you look like you're a teen runaway. <laughs> Like why? Why you dress like you just stole from the skateboard store? I, I am so happy to hear you say that. I, I do have that. a problem with like comedians like, I like. A yeah, lot. comedians I like too. But it's I might like, even name a name. Yeah, I don't need to name names. But like, yeah, come I might on. name a name. Dre- dress it. Dress up. You know yeah. what I mean? Take off your fucking baseball hat. The flannel shirt. Just you know what I mean. You, d- you don't have to put on a suit. That's like no. Paul Tompkins does. You no. don't have to. Just wear a shirt. Just that fits. Just you know what I mean. Yeah. Just just try. You are not a skateboarder. You're on a stage <laughs> doing a show. You are an old man. <laughs> you are. Oh. I'm so happy to hear somebody oh, might say that. I always like it's just. But it's getting worse. It is right. It's getting worse. It's like everywhere. You're like wow, wow. You just look like. It's a it's a generation of man it babies. Is. Oh, I, man babies! Yeah, that's definitely it. There's like this writer I like a lot. He was on the podcast uh, early on, James Howard Kunstler. He's like a he's like a everything, but social right. critic is one of them. And he talks about how you look like a baby, like yeah. a man baby, because you're wearing like clothes like a like a baby, like a baby would. You yeah. look like a baby. <laughs> yeah, you so, can be casual. You yeah, know what I mean, just but, <laughs> but just yeah, and, and like dress for where you're going. You know, right. I've had to face this myself recently. Right. Just sort of like, oh, I need to just try just slightly harder. You know what I mean? Just so just to pre- how do I want to present myself to the world? Right. You know. I, I, I don't know. I think that's a thing that you should think of as a grown-up man at some point. I think that's a thing also if you have like sort of a, a wide breadth of music taste, that's always difficult. Yeah. I always feel like whenever I have to deal with a situation where it's like a highly hip situation, I try to look as uh, either as country or as white as I can, and oftentimes both. <laughs> Where that look, sounds like a I'll good. Look, I'm like, oh, I'm a country bumpkin who's here for this rap show. Yeah, that's a, like, that's a good plan. When I met Blowfly, oh my um, god! Yeah, when, what? This was a pretty. This was one of the better experiences of my life. What? A friend of mine's girlfriend at the time was one of his quote unquote ho flies, which uh-huh. he calls us dancers. Sure. And uh, she was good friends with my girlfriend and I, and she asked my girlfriend if she wanted to dance with her for the show. And, and I was, and that was awesome because I've been course, a yeah. huge Clarence Reed fan, Blowfly, you know, yeah. amazing. So we get to the, it's at the Knitting Factory in L.A. We get there, and um, this was like four or five years ago, maybe, maybe or something like that. And the uh, everyone in the band is drunk, and and then no one has a car. But Clarence is <laughs> at a hotel on Sunset on La Brea, mm-hmm. and so he has to get picked up for the show. And I'm wearing 
powder blue vintage gabardine pants, mm-hmm. powder blue shirt, and my hair like, and a powder blue tie, uh-huh. and I have my hair like parted and slicked, parted and like slicked back, you know, yeah. I look like like a weird preacher's kid or something. Yeah, like that, you right? dressed for the blowfly shit. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, I can't look. I'm not black. Yeah. I'm as white as it gets, and I so said, I'll just look like a country, like a weird sort of like country, like George Jones manager. <laughs> like that, you know? So we, I have to borrow someone's car. I, was, I wasn't drunk, so like, I guess I'll go pick up blowfly. I'll go pick up blowfly. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, here it is. So I go, it's me and one other guy, and we go pick up Clarence, and he's like, like, oh, you're the, you're the last boy I've ever seen. <laughs> Some shit like that, you know. But he's definitely fucking with me. Yeah, yeah. But like in a nice this, way. Yeah, exactly how you want to be fucked with. Yeah. And he pretended to take a piss on the hood of the car. And then he gets in and we drive over there, you know. He's a weird guy. He's definitely kind of out of it. Yeah. But I think maybe he's always been kind of out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just a little bit. He claims to never use drugs or drink, which is, I think, mostly true. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he's one of those guys who is just a fucking loon. You've like seen the doc. Real... You saw the documentary, Yeah, right? well, actually, she's in it. She's for in a piece. it? My girlfriend's in it for a piece because they're shooting it. At, they shot some of it at the show. I mean, it's the whole sad story with him because he sold his rights yeah. under duress a long time ago. Yeah, and all, like, it's a nightmare. Yeah, there's just people he doesn't get. I really feel like there should be some sort of a fund or something to get those guys money because yeah. even though they're right, they sold the rights, the, like there was some, I don't know if it's Jay-Z or Pete Rock, or there's been a bunch of songs in the past four or five years that have sampled Blowfly and he hasn't gotten a dime from it because he doesn't, he doesn't own it anymore. Yeah. But it's just like, ugh, it just sucks because also this, the shows are like kind of under-attended. It's one of those things where... I would go see Blowfly in 10 seconds. I just didn't too. know about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that would be a great night of entertainment. Well, that's the thing. Some of those guys now, they're just not really they don't have the draw because I, I feel like what they need is some person who's some they gotta kind of get together partner almost. up yeah. yeah you know what I mean like like uh, they do the Turtles do the happy together tour okay. which is like you know you know I guess Gary Lewis and the Playboys and it's like right. you go see a bunch of like if, if a bunch of those guys you know that got along yeah. you know even if they don't you know could could come together and galvanize like, some, yeah, a real be, audience to a real show Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. Yeah, he also said I should never get tattoos or piercings. Just... He said I should... I don't remember why, but he was... It was in something where he was like saying, "That's gonna that'll make you look old and dirty, and that's bad." And I, so you I'm know like, what? Okay, He's I'll, not wrong. I'll take your advice. Take Blowfly's advice. Take, take, <laughs> take Blowfly's advice and suck a bitch's pussy. <laughs> suck a bitch's pussy till it's dry like the moon, or something like that. Uh, if you didn't know, that's me quoting Blowfly, the dirtiest human alive. Yeah. <laughs> really? He's that guy's fucking. That guy's filthy. filthy. Yeah, super filthy. He's not afraid to work blue. That guy. No, no, <laughs> deeply blue. Um. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to sort of take a long closing off here. Okay. Long... <sighs> Bring it in. We're going to be a super derivative right now. <laughs> this is going to be called the derivative hour. Derivative hour. Derivative Taking hour. from this. So people can... It's the re- derivative hour. I'm Ira Glass. I just like, we'll just start doing this American life. <laughs> I, hi, I'm Ira Glass. I'm derivative of myself. <laughs> I, I have to listen to... I can't do my Ira Glass impression anymore. I think I've uh, done... I feel like an Ira Glass impression needs to have... Pauses that you know also turn into questions at some and point. You have to really hear the mic. Yeah, so. I love I love Hourglass. Yeah, I, I like him a lot too. Yeah, I but, just. But have you seen uh, Orange Is the New Black yet? The no, new I haven't. Netflix? Okay. I, w- I will be binging it. Eventually. Yeah, you, you'll binge it, binge Even right through it. I'm almost binge. done. I'm almost done. But is he a, in it? He there's a Hourglass esque <sighs> character that shows up. The what gets me about not so much him but the whole show is how other people sound like him. 
Yeah. Like, how does that happen? I, I, I think like, that you're he not sort of him. set a uh, he sort of set a a tone, a, tone, yeah, uh, a tone. format, a way yep. to do the thing. I, I do not do that at all. I just I'm very you know what I mean. Like I try yeah. to make sure that I'm I'm just being myself, which is why I've you know. Have I, you been on that show? No, I've never been okay. on This American Life. I, so I don't uh, even know. I'm just I'm yeah. just shot in the dark. Have yeah. you ever been on a uh, PBS Frontline? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Several episodes. Okay, got it. Several episodes okay. of Frontline. <laughs> um, uh, what about uh, sixty minutes? Never been on sixty, 60 minutes. minutes. Okay. Uh, Fox News Red Eye. Have I've you done. In, Have you uh, had brunch with Wayne Coyne? Um, no, but I have an awesome Wayne Coyne story. Okay. Um, it's spring Break 95. Wayne Coyne, lead singer, uh, of the Flaming from Lips. Flaming Lips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spring Break 95, uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona. I Lake Havasu had been, is the worst, the <laughs> worst thing, place I've ever been in my entire life. I am 16 years old. I've been brought out there to do what? stuff for MTV Spring Break. Oh, my God. I am talking to Brandy and uh, Warren G. And, like, Holy that's shit. who's... You know what I mean? And it's literally... I couldn't be less interested, and I'm kind of fucking with everybody. And the Flaming Lips are there for some reason to play She Don't Use Jelly. And I love the Flaming Lips. And, oh, yeah. uh, and they're like, we want to talk to that dude. So I go to their hotel room mm-hmm. and with my camera and stuff, and we do... The, Wayne Coyne has got a whole agenda planned. And what he has is a giant knitting needle okay. and some rubber cement. And what he proceeds to do oh, this is, a trick. is show me how he can stick a knitting needle through his arm and make it look like there's a needle through his arm using rubber cement. And they were, he was the coolest. And uh, Stephen Drost uh, from The Lips is a – he listens to Sirius XM U all the time. And okay. we, I've talked to him a bunch and we play the – but I've never uh, – but I haven't seen those guys uh, together in years and years and years. But that's yeah. my, my cool Wayne Coyne story. <laughs> that guy is – I have a good friend of mine, Craig Anton. His dog is named Wayne after Wayne That's Coyne. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Craig Anton's very funny too. Oh, supremely funny. Yeah, it's. I think it's more of his wife. She's obsessed with them. So. Yeah, no, the, 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 they're the Flaming Lips. They're the coolest. So let's hear three bands that people should listen to that they don't know, and then we'll. Uh, we'll bands listen. that they listen. Oh, that they don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. I feel like I've been listening to such popular music. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you don't know Harry Nilsson, you should right. know Harry Nilsson. Uh, I, you know, off of uh, the Monkees. If you're not familiar with the work of uh, 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 Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, okay, B- Boyce and Hart. Is there a record? Uh, they have. They're Is more song. They're more song based. Okay. You know what I mean? There are. Yeah. There. You know. Well, I've been listening collection. to a lot of stuff that's single based. Right. Still Johnson, of which I, yeah. uh, I I mentioned uh, earlier. Um, uh, <laughs> I was listening to Millie Jackson earlier. That's great. Yeah, I forgot that's... about Millie. I. Uh, Rachel Lickman, uh, again, who, my friend who works on Monkey, she had posted uh, mm-hmm. Millie Jackson on her Facebook. And, and Millie, I was like, oh, I forgot about Millie I Jackson. I think she's, a, I think it's a Florida musician, if I'm right. I think she's on Glades, maybe on Glades or on uh, TK. If it wasn't on TK, she was on... Also very dirty, Memphis, you know what I mean? Very yeah. dirty, like Blowfly almost. Caught you know? up. Yeah. Great record covers. Great record covers. Her on the toilet. Oh, yeah. That Her on the toilet, you know. What uh, about some new st- newer stuff? New stuff. That's what uh, I need help with. Yeah. Um, just, just give it to me. The audience is just, they don't, they don't exist. Okay, Jay? What yeah, is, they don't exist. hold on. What is Allie Kohler? I just heard, I got a record today. Allie Kohler. Allie who, Carr. She, Allie Kohler, she used to be in Best Coast. Okay. She has a new band, which she just sent me, like, it's not out yet. I think it's coming out in September or October. Uh, but she sent me her new record to listen to, which I was listening to just before 
I came over here. What about it makes me not want to hate it, you think? They're, they're just uh, one of those bands that just knows how to play good rock music and there's okay. no bullshit about it. Mm-hmm. I was listening to that. That'll be out in October. I think they're called Upset and it's like her Upset. and uh, Patty Schemmel from, uh, uh, you know, who used to play in Hole. Okay. Uh, she's the drummer and uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they're called Upset. Got it. So that's that's the new band. Upset one, two. Um, I, uh, I like this band... They were not the nicest people to talk to at uh, when I was out, out at South by Southwest, but they are. They made a great record, a band called Parquet Courts. Have you heard them? Parquet Courts, no. yeah, just good punk rock band. Oh, So So Glows, of course. So So Glows. So So Glows are awesome. These are, are so. That was two bands. Parkour. Parquet Courts are good. <laughs> Parquet Courts are good. I don't know. Those dudes Parquet are kind Courts. of jerks. I can those play you glows. two seconds of So So Glows if you want to hear. It'll sound great through the uh, iPhone speaker. Yeah. Through the windscreen into the. But th- this record, it's called Blowout, not on Spotify. Okay. Uh, they are just a really good rock band. So So Glows. So So Glows. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to combine those two. And I need one more thread to close it off. So, uh, one more. Uh, uh, check out and the how Beatles. About, Non non punk band. Non punk non punk band. Not the Beatles. They're, they're I like punk. Tame Impala's record. Have you heard you that? Yeah, yeah. The Lonerism. Yeah, I, like I kind that. of find that that sounds like I imagine that's what it's like to see the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Good yeah. and bad. Yeah, it's good and bad. There's something about it yeah. that's like it sounds. I know what they're doing. I get and it. They're, I get it. Yeah. They're doing it well, so I appreciate yeah. it. But like, I do. I, I have enjoyed that Tame Impala. Too much flanger, too soon. A lot of flanger. I love flanger. Uh, but I feel too. like I like that record too quickly to like it for a long time. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. It that, was like a fucking cupcake or something. It's very. You're just you're yeah. immediately on board. Like I think that the, I just think I'm just saying that just like I hear it and it doesn't bother me. Right. You know, so what's something that's not? What's something that's that wouldn't play in KCRW that you like? That's sort of new. Wouldn't play on KCRW that I like. That's sort of new. I might not have anything. That's, that, that's hard as shit. That's a really that's hard. That's like a big challenge question. Yeah. There's this guy I played in the last episode. His name's Prince Jasbo. It's older uh, reggae stuff, like hmm. from the early '70s. But it's like super dark because it's black arc production. And right. It's yeah. Really fucking. Like I'm like when I first listened to it, and I was really stoned. I was like, oh. You would never play this on the radio. This right. is too dark. Right. It's not like doesn't fit the the uh, the the reggae filter. Right, right, like, right. Oh, no, we can't play this. Can't, this is yeah, way too dark. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's very hard. It's very hard because mm-hmm. I feel like you'll remember ten minutes. I will yeah. ten minutes, and I'll, I'll cool. be like, oh, I thought of this. But like, I feel like anything that's kind of good and new right now. We're always looking. I'm always looking for like a good new thing that Me we too. can play on the radio. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, for you, that must be especially difficult because you have to find. I am luckily, uh, luckily, I'm not in charge of it. You know, oh, I mean, really? it's not okay. my responsibility to find the new music. The music department. I, I get. I get the. Uh, I do have the rare benefit and and so many commercial radio DJs don't get to do this but like I can be like hey I like this let's play this more or I hey have you heard this let's play it there's never been a situation where really? I've said hey let's play something and they've gone no they've cool. never done that to me in in 7 years and they never will you know be, I think it's also cuz I'm like you, know, you get even, if I, it. even if I want to play something weird, it's like, what do we care? It's, it's, <laughs> we, we can do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's the whole point, right? It's not, there's, this is on XMU. Point. Yeah, seriously. So XMU. listen to, what's the show called? It's just Me in the Mornings. I'm on Me in the Mornings. <laughs> uh, me in the Mornings on Sirius XMU. Me in the Mornings. With Jake Fogelness. I'm like, hey, hey, good. Hey, how you doing? 40 minutes past the hour. We got some music coming up from uh, Millie Jackson. I'm still congested. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I literally, I, I talk exactly how got I it. talk. 
uh, I can't do it. I can't what's, do radio shit. What's the other radio one you have? The other one I'm on is uh, Alt Nation. Alt Nation. Which I'm on in the afternoons. And afternoons. That's, that is just me straight ahead being a disc jockey, you nice. know? And, uh, like Sly Stone. It's fun. It's a fun gig. Cool. So you can hear that, and then your podcast, The Folklandist Files, is available for download. That's on time. the internet. Oh, yes, yeah. you can get that wherever. And you can see you at limited speaking engagements. Limited at, speaking uh, engagements. At black box theaters throughout the <laughs> Southland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thanks for meeting me, Jake. Thanks for having me. This is Bye. a lot of fun. Bye. Shake it nice in the shake it. Fucking fake it. Buy that up. Book of Jake. Yeah. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome to the musical section of Twisting the Wind. A little something there from Alan Toussaint. Never talked about him before on this show, but I will eventually. He's just too important for me to... I haven't found the time to, to, to get my brain in a descriptive enough mode to even talk about that shit. And even this right now, who I'm about who I'm about to talk about is hard to, but I'll, I'll I'll find a way. It'll be okay. Today on the musical section of Twisting the Wind, I would like to talk about a guy named Sill Johnson, who I do believe, yes, we did talk about earlier in this episode when I was talking with Mr. Fogelnest. Sill Johnson was born Sylvester Thompson down in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Just a little fact there for you, a little fact. He is a guitar player and most notably a singer, also plays some harmonica, and he's a badass motherfucker. Motherfucker meaning like the nicest thing you can say about someone who's a musician. So Sill uh, had the had the great fortune of move his family moved to Chicago. He ended up being neighbors with Magic Sam, who's kind of like an institution in the Chicago blues world. And uh, he got to play music with Junior Wells, Howlin' Wolf, and Jimmy Reed and Freddie King, all these badass motherfuckers who were recording for VJ and King Records and Chess, started up Chess Records. So that's all anecdotal crap, whatever. Uh, but still went on to make music of his own, starting off with a record called Dresses Too Short. Um, you know, but this time, like, the fucking albums aren't the big deal, really, as much as it is the singles. And the singles from this one are fucking smoking, okay? His first hit, which is pretty much one of my favorite songs of his, if not one of my favorite songs of all time. This song gets locked in my head constantly. Like, I find it, like slowing down in my head and just it's got these weird like like fucking knife stabs of horns that are just i don't know there's something about this song it's got a color to it it's like a black light so that makes sense it's like a fucking black light where like it's the color it is but it's not you know it just flips things around i don't know how to understand it because it's this song that came out in 68 and that's kind of early for something to be uh, whatever you know what i just i want to play it for you and then i'll talk a little bit about it this is sill johnson with different strokes from 1968 on the label twinite uh, 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 uh. you laughing but i'll be around so hard. yeah yeah yeah
Oh, oops. Man, how much longer would that have gone on had someone not faded that out? I don't even know. It's one of those things where I could hear it going for just days. What happens? Oh, they, they got trapped in the loop in the studio. It just kept sounding so good they just didn't stop. What is it? It's just a song, just one song, but they just kept fucking doing it. Ugh! Different Strokes by Sil Johnson. As, uh, first, first, first real big old hit there. Mm-hmm. Incredible. See, now you know what I was talking about, right? There's something about those, those repetitive horn stabs. It just, I want to hear them like slowing down. Like some sort of big, you know, like those tires that have like the really big knobs on them, the kind where it's almost like a claw. There's this toy that was popular back when I was a kid. I don't know what I think what it was called, but like you could, the, uh, it was like a Bigfoot truck kind of guy. And you push a button, these claws would come out of the tires and they'd really dig into the ground. You could go up like a steep, muddy embankment in your backyard. That's what those horn stabs are. It's like the claws coming out of the tires and just like fucking grabbing it. Plus, still has an amazing voice that's kind of um, unmistakably identifiable and dark and sweet at the same time, like toffee. (laughs) That's how I would describe it if I had to be like really bored with it. Uh, a dark and sweet at the same time. That's like toffee. Moving on here. Seriously, though, moving on here. This is something. This is one of my favorite songs of his. I mean, what am I saying anymore? They're all so fucking hot and good. I can't believe I've waited this long to talk about Syl Johnson. Jesus. So this is something from his uh, second album, also on Twinite Records, uh, which I believe also was produced by Willie Mitchell. Uh, this is from an album called Is It Because I'm Black? If you are at all interested in soul music, you probably have heard of this before because it's just kind of, I mean, it's a pretty epic, um, to use the word epic, I'm sorry about that, but it's a pretty epic record and it's called sought after and sampled and everything. And the message is amazing. It's covered by, uh, likes of Ken Booth and other, other artists and made its way down to, it made its way down to Jamaica. But I'm not going to play the title track off that because you've probably either heard it already or it's something where it's just, I don't know. I can't, I, I feel like I don't, um, you can get it, okay? You can you can hear it, and you should listen to it. But I want to play for you the track "Concrete Reservation," which is um, was released in 1970. This is a hit. This is a pretty big up there on the R&B charts, and it's just I don't know. It just he's taking Syl Johnson and his whole group and his whole sound has gone to this place where it's just so dark, but so yeah, easy to listen to, and so so highly musical that you don't hear this kind of thing very often and i think it's uh it's worthy of note here it is concrete reservation Last night 
Another heavy, heavy track there. Not much can be said about what was said in that song that would do something other than detract from what was said and played. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. That's Concrete Reservation, Syl Johnson, off his second album, Is It Because I'm Black? And uh you got to check it out. You got to get it. Because that fidelity in that song, I don't know if it's coming through. I don't think it can possibly come through. You get a taste of the fidelity. But we're talking about a Willie Mitchell production here that has been spared no expense. Let me just tell you a quick story about Willie Mitchell. He had two power amps in his studio in High Records. Michael Jackson tried to buy these power amps from him. Basically said, name your price. And Willie Mitchell said, fuck you. <laughs> I think he might have actually said, fuck you, or fuck off, or something. So... That's the kind of, that's the kind of dedication he has to fidelity in his music. And I think that comes across distinctively in all these Syl Johnson songs, especially that one. Oh my God. Fucking A. I can't even imagine mastering that. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of do. Not really though. Okay. One more song here from Syl Johnson. This is the one I was talking about earlier in the, po- earlier in the podcast in which I said it sort of it kind of hit me late. I bought this record, Total Explosion by Syl Johnson, which is on high records not Twinite, and uh, released in 1975. I bought this years ago when visiting friends in Chicago at Reckless Records, a great record store. And I was totally about um, a bunch of tracks on here and just recently rediscovered this song. And there's stuff going on with the guitar work and drums in this that is just, ugh. I mean, I've already said it earlier in the, earlier in the podcast. You heard me. You heard what I said. So just remember that. Rewind it back to when Jake and I talked about this song, and I'll just plunk it in here if you have the ability to do that. And that'll be the preamble. And here we go. This is about to make me leave home. Not about. It's about. I guess there's an apostrophe before that B. Maybe not. Who gives a show? About to make me leave home by Syl Johnson from 1975. I'm going to just let this play out because this is the end, okay? So thanks for listening to Twisting the Wind. Be sure to visit the show page so you can acquire all sorts of ancillary materials that have been discussed and brought up here. Buy some GD music. Donate to Pharrell Audio. I mean, Pharrell. Sorry. <laughs> fuck Pharrell. Pharrell. For, for, fuck Pharrell. Fuck Pharrell. The guy. He's fine. He's okay. Don't donate to him. Donate to Feral Audio and keep listening to all these great shows. And thank you so much. Make
the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.